The Imperial Senate will not still for this. When they hear you've attacked a diplomatic... Don't act so surprised, Your Highness. You weren't on any mercy mission this time. Several transmissions were beamed to the ship by rebel spies. I want to know what happened to the plans they sent you. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm a member of the Imperial Senate on a diplomatic mission to Alderaan. You are part of the Rebel Alliance and a traitor. Take her away! I want to be professional all of a sudden. (laughs) (laughs) Hello and welcome to a new episode of Fascinated with Films. What's going on, everybody? Where we are nothing but professional. All the time, every time. That's right. (laughs) Except no substitutes. Exactly. So, hopefully everyone enjoyed Martial Arts Part 2. I know I did. I know I did. It was a fun one. Yeah. Did you learn a lot? I learned more than that. (laughs) 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 yeah it was fun we even mentioned on the pod that like maybe in like six months or a year we might have to do a third one hell yeah we just keep adding on to that because there's so many of those out there didn't you do all the movies no Uh, (laughs) you know how many there are not even close this specific country (laughs) and now different countries are branching Mm -hmm. out did you know about the like indonesia's huge right now for movies for for martial arts for martial arts uh it's that, what is that style? The, is the Krav Maga or something like uh, that? Krav Maga. Krav Maga. I think yeah. that's them, isn't Krav it? Maga. Oh, really? I think that's the, <laughs> yeah. Isn't that what the, uh, whose style that is? You have to look that it up. It could be, I'm yeah. pretty sure that's, I, I know how to spell it. I know it's a bad, uh, it's, I mean, it's, yeah, I'm I pretty, saw karate Or maybe it's Israelis. <laughs> you know we didn't talk about karate kid. I figured. It didn't even get a mention. Yeah, that is weird. Why it should it? Mentioned. Yeah, yeah, well, because we were saving all of the karate kids for the next Was it martial arts pod. Martial arts. Martial arts. Yeah, we just went martial arts. We, I dubbed it we the went Kung Fu pod, but, you know, we called it martial arts. Yeah. Some of the, I remember in the 80s, they had the run of, like, Into the Ninja. Yeah, that was the, the Shokazuki ones. Yeah. That was a good uh, one. It was a good run. The American, Ninja American Ninja I, was a good one. That, yep. And I remember seeing that. That was good. That was just because they went nuts on HBO with those movies. Well, oh, yeah. also, as a kid, when we went to the Christian school... Yeah, you were part of it. I mean... The, the one of the you, you couldn't do a whole lot of stuff, but one thing you could do is go to the flea market uh-huh. and you oh, could and get like numb Chinese chucks, stars, Chinese yeah. stars, yeah. and sharpen the Chinese stars. But up. you were also in Taekwondo. Oh yeah, I did. I did uh, three, almost four three years. years. What yeah. belt? Did you get uh, up second to? degree brown belt. Second nice. degree brown. So it was you were just one away from I was, black. No, um, after brown was uh, was orange maybe or? orange or blue. I had another year and a half, I yeah. think, to get to black belt. But Jason Tyler was a black belt. I never did it. I, you guys had gotten in and out before I even uh, had got into the school there. So I liked it. The The one thing that I didn't like, only because I didn't appreciate it, which I probably would appreciate now, is if you did an hour and a half class, 45 minutes of it was stretching. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Forty five right. minutes, and you wanted to put you wanted to put the gloves on in right. that spa, and, and, and that you, was ten minutes at the end. Yeah. And I remember, I dude, I took like two or three weeks of taekwondo when I was like seven or eight, you know. And I remember then like thinking like this is the dumbest thing ever. All I'm doing is just going in and doing the same thing over yeah. and over you and over. The forms, Chunji right? Form and was now the first one. I realize like, oh man, dude, I should have like stuck with defense, that. Man. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. But yeah, no, I look back on At that. At the time, you got I, 20 I other things going on yeah. in your life. Nintendo yeah. had oh, just yeah. come yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> well, we got to have priorities. <laughs> there's uh, there's three Kung moves. Right there's, there's three, <laughs> if I got in a fight, there's three moves that I would still use. Yeah. One is, it, is the, the 
backhand knuckle oh, yeah. to the side of the face. Oh, yeah. Uh, two is the um, the spin kick to spin around and knock you off your feet. Yeah. Roundhouse. Yeah. Not, not to kick you. A sweep. A oh, a sweep. Sweep, yeah, yeah, yeah. sweep like the a leg. Backward sweep. Not, yeah. not like forward sweep, but spinning. Yeah. yeah. And then the third one, which... He told you he's like by doing this move you're probably gonna break your arm or maybe both your arms. <laughs> hey, but, but if you, you have to do it, dying yeah. is that upper cross. If someone's coming at you with a with a bat uh-huh. or a club Oof, or an man. axe, yeah, it's a it's a upward. I know people at home can't see, but it's like a forward upward like pressing an, like an, an X, X yeah. with your hands. That's gonna be our fascinated with films <laughs> salute from yeah. here on out. <laughs> fascinated <laughs> with films. <laughs> But I would instinctively, if someone came at me with something overhead, yeah. I would do that. Yeah. And they, and if you don't break it, yeah. there's a way to, to like at least grab, take grab them down and, and yeah. spin it right. and go yeah. behind your back. Knowing how to I, use momentum is yeah. huge. Man. Yeah. Well, that's what I was always fascinated with judo. Yeah. Because judo use uses your, the other, energy, your opponent's yeah. energy, yeah. lunge at you against them. It's really interesting They can to make you watch. look ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, oh, if oh. you ever watch that in slow motion, like on YouTube or something like that, it's really interesting because you can see the transfer of momentum, yeah. you know, and it's like it, it just makes it clicks and it makes sense. Yeah. Like, oh, I see how that happens you and just like how that would be an effective like a, style. A stationary, like fulcrum, a lot of yeah. times. Yeah, exactly. I feel yeah. like like if I had been doing Taekwondo back when the internet was up, and I could have gone home and watched right videos and then rewind them and watch them again live anytime you want, I probably would have gotten to a lot more different things. Yeah. Yeah. Like I would have gotten higher up in that, and I would have learned. I was one of those kids that <laughs> I wouldn't have started drinking. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> <smoking> meth. <laughs> or I'd learn how to make uh, meth. Well, I'll tell <laughs> you real quick. So I, I just, because it just boiled up in my head and I know we want to move on, but like one thing that didn't get mentioned on the martial arts pod mm. was Jim Cotta. And yeah. I have to say, so one on one, <laughs> it could be number three though. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So one you night, talked about it before, one night yeah. I'm sitting at the house, I'm watching family guy, which is a show that I absolutely love. And out of nowhere oh, yeah. comes this entire like minute, minute and a half scene of Stewie reenacting Jim Cotta. He even says like, uh-oh, it looks like I'm going to have to use my Jim Cotta. I recorded it, sent it to Paul and was like, dude, look at this Jim Cotta reference. And he texts back and he's like, I'm pretty sure you're the only person that got that yeah, reference. That joke was like, for you. Man. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Seth MacFarlane is interesting because he is our age. Yeah. And he was he grew up like in Rhode Island, mm-hmm. right where all the shit we were into and everything and how it was really pop culture, the mecca around the Boston and uh, uh, Rhode Island. So a lot of those random stuff, I think, unless you were a kid in that time period, would you even get? Right. Like, there's some really obscure stuff in Family Guy. That, yeah, I I haven't come across a joke yet that I don't get. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. And but you could tell when it happens, like like Jim Cotta, it's only a few people are going to get it. Right. That. Yeah. Like Last Dragon, you got to be in the know to know what Last Dragon yeah. is. You know, and yeah. a lot of people aren't. Maybe now into the next pod. I have a feeling. Yeah. Be more into We've it. been pumping show enough for a while on the <laughs> Facebook page yeah, now. Man. You should have wore that shirt, man. I did. Solidarity. I, wear I it tomorrow. It, yeah. Why it's playing. Well, you, could you, just say, you could just say you were wearing it. <laughs> <laughs> I was wearing it. Okay. Well, speaking of growing up, in uh, uh, Dave and I were born. I was born in 75. Dave was born in 73. Justin didn't come along until 82 or 81. 81. 81. Yeah. And uh, 70s movies were huge for us. We did. We have done '70s pods before here. I think we did a '70s comedy was the last time we did a uh, pod. We did that with Bob, 
Uh, but that might have been the only t- uh, I think we might have done 70s cop movies or 70s dramas too but we haven't done a lot of 70s movies and we were we were young enough where we did see uh, some of them I mean Our dad I was super young especially westerns yeah but he loved and cop movies he was a huge sci-fi fan he was a huge and, sci-fi and fan and he uh Special or just any big movies. He was just a movie fan. He was a movie fan, and but so he liked his uh, he, he liked, liked his, his Star Trek. He liked his Star Trek. He loved his sci-fi movies. All the ones on all of our lists were my father's favorite movies. Really. Oh, uh, he used to like that creepy Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah. he liked it all, the but really not as much. I remember. I remember the old school intro. That's the guy all with I the remember. Big afro. And this, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. And the smoke screen with <laughs> oh, like man. the strobe lights, yeah, like monsters. I remember that. That prog rock music that's like pulsing in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. He was probably the only reason I got into Star Trek as hard as I did yeah. because he watched the original episodes, so I would watch them with him and then started watching the movies and then went from there. So I definitely would have to credit him for my fan of not only 70s movies because there were other genres. like We, he liked we grew up Harry with the Dirty Harrys Dirty and Harry. the comedies that we spoke of before and everything were huge. So. And when you're, even in the 80s, you know, those movies bled over. When you were in, oh, yeah. like, 80, 81, 82, you were still watching those 70s movies uh, on TV and on cable and everything. And what what really reminded me when I'm going back and I'm looking at a lot of these movies, and a lot of these movies, I really wouldn't even have had to rewatch any of these because these are some of my favorite movies of all time, and I've rewatched them regularly anyways. But you forget that all these movies, this was before the PG-13 rating came out right. in, like, 1985, with, uh, with like Temple so of Doom. Yeah. <laughs> so there were a lot of movies that were PG that would totally have been PG-13 or even R now. Oh, sure. And what they... The kind of the standard they went Nowadays, with. they might be G. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah they might revert back. I mean, back. think about it, though. You had to... Back in the day when you were a teenager, you had to forge for your porn, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you weren't even Sears looking... Catalog. Sears catalog. We weren't even looking for porn. We wanted a nipple or... Yeah, yeah that's about porn. it. Yeah, when, I say, when I say porn, I mean a naked person. Yeah. <laughs> like, I didn't even know what porn was. Yeah. Like, like I was... Video format. Like I was saying, the standard in the 70s was they could show nudity on a PG movie as long as it wasn't sexual. So if someone had a sheer shirt on or if she was getting in the tub or getting out of the tub or even getting undressed and undressed they would show would that in the, the human body was so dirty and uh, and should it's be really shielded for from, some reason americans yeah. I, I for some reason it's americans and it happened around the 80s because in the 70s <laughs> they did not give a shit about these movies uh, being uh shown yeah. to to kids quick, you know quick side note i was in amsterdam Mm-hmm. And we were we were in walking the red light down. District. No, it wasn't in the red light <laughs> district. It was in a regular shopping district. And we went in to get a big thing for people on your birthday. You give them chocolate letters with their name. Oh, okay. For kids, just sure. The first letter, or all just letters. the first letter. Yeah. Like Justin would get a bunch of chocolate J's from his friends. Sweet. Yeah. So they went in to get chocolate shop, and there's kids in there, and they got toys, and and uh, so we walk out. We're walking to the next shop over. Like had a line of dildos. <laughs> and, I, and I sat there and I had a disposable camera yeah, because and I was taking a picture and then. as I'm taking a picture there's like little kids like eye level walking outside well that's marketing you gotta start them young yeah. <laughs> they're just not hung up on certain things that get it hung up, hung up, up here, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like wow they don't think about no, in the commercials, I know the commercials oh, yeah. over there. They'll have nudity on. If they are doing a shampoo commercial, they have no problem showing the. Uh, the yeah, they have topless and weather so, women in Japan. It's yeah, yeah it's I just mean, not on, a big dude. deal. And it, 
if it's non-sexual, I don't understand why it's such a big deal here. And clearly, it wasn't in the 70s. We're a Protestant days. country, even yeah. though we. Well, I not. had right. <laughs> this one movie on here that's PG that there is at least. 12, 15 scenes of nudity on it. And it's crazy. You got one the whole goddamn That's movie. That's the one. <laughs> Not 12 scenes. Well, it's... <laughs> so these are these are phenomenal. What I love about the 70s is definitely the tone and the look that they all seem to have but it, everything was not still only, on film not yeah, only so that everything was still on film this was the, the soundtracks were still the kind budding of age funky. of uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah they were definitely funky and a lot of the major composers that we like started off here but also the directors some of our favorite directors that are that are now the biggest directors ever started making movies in yeah, the mid 70s Spielbergs and the- Spielbergs Francis Ford Coppola uh, a, a lot of the people in this mo- uh, this kind of decade, but it was also budding for special effects and model work. You know, a lot of it was models. It wasn't some of it doesn't effects. hold up, but some of it holds up in context. It, mm. uh, some of it is downright cheesy as shit, but it, yeah. what's, that's what is uh, it's kind of super cool. exciting. Yeah. Some of it was like cutting edge. Absolutely. You know, oh, for the time. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, you know, I, I would say most of it things for the time. Are. Yeah, like there's one when you, when you start when we get into it, it's like. I think they. I think he got laughed at before the music got put on it or something. There's huh. a lot of different. Yeah, we'll we'll get into it here. Uh, yeah, so. I'm, yeah. I, because well, like most of the ones on my list, you know, are like huge blockbuster yeah. movies that changed their genres forever. Yeah. You know, or like, invented. the well, I was going to say, or were, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it. And this is a little bit earlier than that, but I always look back to the Twilight Zone. Oh so, yeah. yeah, they. He was so cutting edge with so much stuff that they did. Oh yeah. And hey, which they a lot of scripts stole yeah, tons of ideas. Tons and tons. <laughs> like I know we're doing the time travel one later coming up, on yeah. coming up. Goddamn every third episode of the Twilight oh, Zone yeah. deals with time it's, travel. It's fascinating, you know? It's really, really neat. I was I was thinking I'm sorry, I didn't no, mean to cut you off. I was thinking, you earlier, thinking. No, I was thinking earlier today about <laughs> we encourage uh, you, Yeah, right. <laughs> I only do it a couple times a day. <laughs> I was thinking earlier for some reason about Dan Aykroyd and like doing a pod. Uh, like, you thinking about him doing a pod? No, yeah, oh. right. That'd be pretty. That'd be pretty awesome. Um, but You're no, like Dan. We'll, we'll, we'll make that happen. Absolutely, yeah. We're willing to replace Justin. We'll just think. Fuck you guys, man. <laughs> Did you hear that new Dan Aykroyd? Episode? Fuck you. <laughs> uh, no, but like Ninja you know, Justin. <laughs> just thinking of like favorite characters of his, you know, and talking about the Twilight Zone. One of my favorite things that he's ever done, and it's like just a very quick role is in the Twilight Zone movie and oh, yeah. he's the ambulance oh, driver yeah. Some of the and best at the end, maker, at the end the he goes you, you want to see something that's really scary that's the beginning that's well, right at after the, the end credits. too though yeah uh, well at the end credits they just yeah he's just in the ambulance yeah <laughs> exactly yeah yeah, yeah but yeah. when he turns and shows his face yeah oh yeah that was Albert Brooks with yeah. the yeah. other the driver that's right great. you gotta yeah. pull over it's the scariest thing you're ever seeing absolutely I love that movie uh, yeah, you mean Caddyshack Two wasn't the favorite thing he did? Yeah, I, which is Mr. that's what I was thinking about. I was listening to. Uh, He'd have like, to do the pod in that voice. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of. I, I think I was listening to like episode fourteen, maybe fifteen. Mm. It was the first eighties pod. Yeah. Um. Or no, no, no. It was the actors' pod with Chevy Chase, and we were yeah. talking about that, and then we were saying, "Mrs. Astorhouse, <laughs> like, you pull, that. I suck." Yeah. <laughs> really fun, man. All right, so let's get into this, man, because there's not a one on this list that wouldn't be on anyone's top sci-fi list. These are like cutting-edge, great movies. Mine might be a little bit uh, more obscure than uh, you guys, but Dave's got some really obscure ones on his, too. 
And Justice has got one maybe obscure. The other ones are pretty award-winning, but yeah. certainly cutting edge and changed. Uh, probably Justin's li- uh, list were responsible for changing the genre yeah. uh, more than the rest of us. Absolutely. Mine are more where they were just started pushing the envelope, especially on one of mine here. So why don't you why don't you give us one of yours there, Justin? All right. So everybody knows that I'm a large uh, superhero fan. Um, and this one, I, yeah, right? Um, this one was kind of the OG um, and it's uh, Christopher Reeves in Superman. Absolutely. This is definitely yeah. the OG. Yeah. This, this is, is another movie our dad really liked. Oh, yeah. Number one and two. He, was he played huge these two one a and two. lot. Yeah. And uh, this is Richard Donner, who was famous for The Omen, for Lethal Weapon, The Goonies. Goonies. Uh, all great, fantastic movie that Richard Donner did. And this was a huge undertaking uh, for them, I think. They were thrilled at the time because they didn't realize how well Christopher Reeve worked out, which he obviously this worked out great. This character's been around for, uh, since the 20s, right? But they're, they're, I think their focus when they were kind of prepping for this movie was to get a huge name and getting, uh, what's his name, Marlon Brando was huge. Yeah. He was the first on that poster and everything, and he literally was. And he, he, and he's he was in the movie a, like six minutes or something. Anyway, <laughs> I heard he was a complete dick. Yeah, well, later in his career, he just he became really entitled. But he I showed think. up and wanted to do, wanted to he kind of write did. his own dialogue, and he wanted to come up with a backstory. Yeah, I guess he w- this was probably around the point where he was pushing the envelope for what he was allowed and not allowed to do. But maybe that's the reason they left him, uh, cut it pretty short for him. But they used him in a lot of the uh, vocal work, like when he goes oh, to the yeah, Fortress yeah, yeah. of Solitude. Right, yeah. You can hear his dad voice talking yeah. to him and everything. So and they even used him, I think, a little bit number two as a voice. So he got paid. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, um, but Gene Hackman this was, was pretty big. He was a big name, huge. Too. Yeah, he yeah. was huge. I get, he had already done uh, French Connection. Yeah, so that was big on him. Ned Beatty had yeah. already done yep. Deliverance and stuff like that. So <laughs> poor Ned Beatty, uh, <laughs> he'll never get away go back from that. Deliverance. Whatever, he made money on that. Yeah, he's got this residual. I like, like everybody. I like else. it from the toy. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'll tell you one of the things that I I really enjoy about this movie is the origin story of i mean not so much when he's on krypton because it's and they do it quick too this is our origin story oh yeah Yeah. when he crashes Uh, when he crashes into the farm they they literally only spend 12 minutes probably on his origin right and um one of my favorite scenes you're talking about like during on krypton or when he gets when he gets when he first crashes yeah when he crashes to earth a tractor yeah Yeah, a car saves the dad yeah Yeah. Yeah. and that's that's like one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie yeah and he's (laughs) just like holding the thing up just like yeah what's up i got you you know take (laughs) your time get out of there it's no problem um or the scene where um he's chasing the the train the high school stuff is really great you forget about that high school stuff it didn't last long yeah Yeah. it was also the first time i ever realized that whole left arm pain thing when someone's having a heart attack because oh, remember yeah. his dad has a heart attack right, and collapses yeah. right in the field yeah that's right and I remember asking my mom why is, his left, why is he grabbing his left arm he said uh-huh. oh that's one of the signs of a heart attack interesting like, oh. yeah um, and also when he throws the football you know, oh, yeah, and he just man. throws it forever. Like, yeah. <laughs> I can throw a football over those like, trees. And his dad's kind of giving him a shit. And he says, you know, you, you have these powers, but you don't have to be showing them off. Right. Don't wanna I'd be showing him the shit off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Most people would. It would take some serious take, restraint. 
yeah, I'm getting paid or I'm getting some ass or something. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, and, and we jumped. <laughs> I know that's robber. a crude way to say I'd it. I'd be a bank robber. Felt, I just felt be. Like What's interesting about mm-hmm. this movie is uh, they jump forward from his high school all the way to when he's working at the Daily Planet. Right. So we don't get to see that point where he started really doing it, mm-hmm. where he got the suit or yeah. where he did any of that stuff. He was a master uh, of disguise, I can too. assume. <laughs> I can assume it, it first started when he saved someone's life. You know, he must yeah. have saved someone's life and realized, oh man, I could really be doing some good here and right. helping people out. But yeah. they literally jump forward and we get to see. That's him. why I'm a good person not to have those powers because I'd be figuring out uh, how can I how can I get paid? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, I always thought like, okay, if I was like, you know, if I had like Superman like powers, but I didn't want anybody mm-hmm. to know and I wasn't a superhero, I'd play in the NBA. Yeah. I'd be dunking from like the three point line. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> just, I would make it so you were just marginally better than, than the, everybody the else. Best person. Yep, I mean, exactly. that would be key to keeping yeah. your uh, kind of uh, that's what Tom Brady does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he can win every year, man. Yeah, I'd, be awesome. melt, I'd be melting locks on bank balls. <laughs> <laughs> Brady can do that. He just doesn't. He, he just doesn't. Not yeah. He's humble. <laughs> his, his superpower was getting convincing Giselle to be. Yeah. <laughs> Makes more money than him. That's right. Yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, then you've got the. uh, Then you've also got the uh, the super villain of Lex Luthor, played played by. No one's done it better than Gene Hackman. Nobody has. You need to be able to have that charisma, that that likability. You like to like this villain, but you know he's a bad person. I mean, how do you? I mean, he's he's kind of the model for. Doctor Evil in some way. Yeah, there's a lot of who is yeah. one of my favorite villains, even though it, <laughs> even though it's a silly version of a villain. And he was funny and everything. And you have the uh, the guy who played uh, his boss. Uh, you probably on your list there. He was one of the Three Stooges, uh, Jackie Cooper. Oh yeah, uh, he was who? one of not Three Stooges, uh, three Little Stooges. Rascals. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Three Stooges. Was he Spanky? No, he wasn't Spanky, <laughs> but he was one of them. Oh, uh, Terrence Stamp. Yeah, oh, Terrence Stamp was uh, no, he was in the beginning was, of number one. Um, People forget they Zod they and, banished, banished him in number one, one and, and then, then they came back. They're still in number floating two. around in number that two. That opening huh. scene in number two, I know we're talking about number one, but when he comes back oh, yeah. and he's at the lake, uh huh, and the they're trying to figure things out. Yeah, and that was a really cool scene. Hell yeah, man! I I. I Thinking of like favorite parts of number one because, and it really all comes down to the great performance of Christopher Reeve. I mean, if you don't like Christopher Lee, Reeve or you don't believe him in yeah. this role, this movie doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't get right. two or three or, I mean, he is two. Made his now I'm getting confused. Is is one? One dies in two, close. and he has to fly around the world. And no, spin. that's the end of one. That's yeah. the end of one. Yeah, okay, yeah. Of that one. was my favorite scene. Yeah. yeah, it was really really good, and I see how you would make that. Uh, confusion because one and two were done very close together but the problem with two two was a clusterfuck because they fired richard donner halfway I heard, through it oh, I heard right. and then the producers and everything pieced together different scenes and everything that's why there is two cuts out there there's the donner cut and there's the uh, which one do you like you know unfortunately i probably like the one that was released just because it's the one we saw it's what right. we grew it's up watching up over and over and over yeah. again i didn't yeah. realize you don't realize watching it that it was that much of a mess but then again i have gone back and watched the richard Donner one and i love it it's great nice and it's weird that he was even able to do it because they pulled footage from like rehearsals that they just dress rehearsals mm-hmm. that just happened to work for one or two scenes and they threw them in there yeah. to the movie and you wouldn't know it but he needed that to complete that producer his earned his money thing. on that yeah, editor maybe even so, more so, but yeah, this was just a fun movie. One oh, of yeah. the best scores 
ever. Yeah. I mean, this dun, John Williams dun, score dun, was so dun, good. Dun, uh, and it was so many different pieces to that music, too. When oh, yeah. Different stuff. And dun, dun, dun. It was just it was just fun, man. <laughs> the the great well, Mark. Are you crying Yeah, yeah, man. That's, that's, that's what it gets me. Don't, don't continue. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Talk Margot Kidder. Yourselves. We didn't mention Margot Kidder. Who, oh, yeah. Uh, she who, passed away yeah, recently. Yeah, a couple years ago. Oh, was it? Okay. She the one that had bipolar yeah she had bipolar and lived years without realizing it oh just, man and, and she would do crazy till she the, realized the that you, there was medication well a lot of people her. i mean yeah. back then when you had that problem you, you hid thought, yourself away yeah because you right. thought they were going to give you electroshock treatment or, or something like that or, or lobotomy yeah, or like something then you realize mm-hmm. no there's just medications that one will, a day. Yeah, yeah one pill a day right yeah. she gets you right man unfortunately she yeah she lived for like 10 years in like kind of a miserable kind of state the problem is the you know, the stigma that's attached to it, if you can overcome it personally to, like, like people, oh, I have to take this to be right. Think of your brain. It's just chemicals. Yeah. Right. And taking another chemical to, to regulate the chemicals in your brain, yeah. that makes sense. But trying to explain that to someone, they're like, yeah. I'm not crazy. I don't need that shit. Right, yeah. So I know I, what I see. I know what yeah. I hear. And our younger listeners here. You talk to yourself all the time. Me. Younger listeners here will realize the... Uh, the sadness of what happened to oh. Christopher Reeve oh, yeah. too in his life because he was, I mean, Top he was Superman. Game, he man. was always about how like physical he was and his yeah. ability was. Uh, and I even remember watching him uh, in like uh, Village of the Damned and different stuff. My favorite role of his Death Trap and, and Death Trap. Noises Off or Noises, noises off. off. That's one. my favorite uh, role. He's of so his. funny in it. Yeah. He gets the nose or that or, or what's the one where he um, is? It, it's the movie about like the news studio switching channels. Switching channels. Yeah. Oh, I haven't I love thought of that. Those a long those time. are my two like. Or I mean, Reynolds, Superman. Kathleen yeah, Turner, yeah, that's, that's so great. One. Yeah, but yeah, so he he ended up getting thrown by a horse later in his career. It's one of those uh, things. Para, you, did you like paraplegic from the neck, or was it neck down? Is that para- neck down. Quadru- neck, quadriplegic? No, quadriplegic. Yeah. Quadriplegic. Yeah. So he was just. I mean, he had the straw, and he had that. Uh, I saw him speak at UF. He went on uh, to when he was a, in his chair. He went on to become a real force for yep. for handicapped. His people. wife took care of him and was by his side, and then right after he died, she died. It was like horrible, man. No, nothing else. To uh, for yeah. yeah, I think she ended up getting cancer or something. But uh, thankfully, that's what. I'm really glad that we have a such a large catalog of movies that we can go back and watch these guys in. And yeah. Christopher Reeve, nothing beats it. That's why one of my favorite things from every Superman movie was him right before the credits, flying in space, yeah. going right in front of the camera, looking at it and smiling. Smiling, yeah. It's, it was like the best thing in the world that he would just, because he had like the best smile. Uh, my wife thinks he's a little creepy. Uh, <laughs> she think, I think it's because he looks a little too perfect. His, his, like his face and his chiseledness and his skin right. and everything that yeah. he almost looks... That Caviezel like mannequin like looked a lot. Like, I didn't see that Superman, but which one? The Caviezel one, not Caviezel. Caravel, Cavill, Cavill. Yeah, he was great. In it. No, he was great. Movie and, sucked. Well, but I also um, I really liked uh, Brandon Roth. No, um, I can't. Kevin Costner and uh, oh yeah, as his dad, dad and who is his mom? His mom was played well too. Yeah, his mom I think was uh, what's her name? Uh, Diane Lane. Uh-huh. I think was his mom. Now yeah, was Smallville the, was Smallville like. was about Superman too, yep. right? Yeah, that was, that was like but his high school, like high school high school yeah. years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had seen a bunch of that growing up. I heard it was great. I yeah. I never saw an episode. Yeah, if you were a fan of it, you were kind of a diehard of it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I didn't much care for the. Uh, 
for the ones that have just run. Hopefully they'll have another Superman. I'm sure they will have another Superman and maybe they'll nail it out of the park. I just didn't like the director they had on it. Mm-hmm. And I like the even the stuff with Costner. I liked Costner, but letting him die like that. You yeah, know, I know, you right? Yeah, yeah. Why don't you spin around the world again? Yeah. yeah. That <laughs> There's like 10 different ways he could have saved him. Yeah. That's why it makes no sense to me. Well, because he, he told him not to. No bullshit. You know. Whatever. <laughs> that's, like the, that's like the not the note that Doc Brown wasn't supposed to read. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I gotta save you from yourself. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, super fun movie. Awesome villain. Awesome kind of tense scene that worked well with the music. Yeah, it's great seventies film. Heck yeah. What you got, Dave? So, um, so right after I got out of high school, I went to community college. Not. Just for something to do. <laughs> I wasn't really into it at the time. Had no plans. I had no plans. I was. I wanted to play golf for a living. Yeah. So, but mom, one of those. My mom degree enrolled is, me. My degree is a liberal arts type of thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, I didn't. Shit, I didn't. Even, everyone, I was just taking courses, whatever. Yeah. I was taking whatever one. Maybe they'll work with what I want to do later. Maybe. maybe yeah. They won't. Yeah. I think psychology is what I picked originally, <laughs> just because I. Yeah, my brain was pretty solid, and I uh, I took psychology. In I was college. like, either I'll learn how to manipulate people better, better <laughs> yeah. or I can help them. Yeah, <laughs> I don't see that part happening, but maybe <laughs> Lex Luthor had Anyways, the same idea. Yeah, <laughs> I'm one of those people that always I liked to have a bunch of part time jobs rather than yeah. one full time job. Mm-hmm. So I worked at the golf course. I did the plumbing company. Yeah, I love. We those cleaned the jobs. banks. Yep. And one of my other jobs was twice a week. I couldn't bring myself to do homework so i said well i'll go and work for the library at the college and it's literally like a five-hour shift and i was in charge of audiovisual, and i literally had That's 20 minutes of homework yeah. 20 minutes of work to do uh-huh and so i sat and did my homework yeah there but you go. finally i got to the point where i could do my homework in two hours and they had a whole library full of laser discs. They thought laser discs were going to be awesome. <laughs> the next thing. Yeah, <laughs> and they bought a laser display. I think they paid like two thousand dollars oh, for this laser display, and they had one of those big screen televisions that is like bigger than a piece of furniture. Yeah. And if you look at it one angle, you can't see it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It and it had a screen you could scratch it. Oh, like yeah. if you went up and it went. Zzz, zzz, yeah, 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 yeah. Zzz. Oh yeah. It was like a zenith or something. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, it was a pretty good setup for nineteen ninety. This would be ninety two, maybe. Sure. And uh, two two of the movies that are on this list were Laserdisc. They had oh nice. And the first one that I watched is a book that I also read. I I, I wasn't big into reading. Well, Slaughterhouse Five is the book. Mm. And, no idea. Uh, so I had read the book. It's a really confusing book. Uh-huh. If yeah. Kurt Vonnegut. It's Vonnegut. And uh, if you know anything about Vonnegut. All I know about Vonnegut is that he's <laughs> like, just don't even bother reading him. Like, whoever <laughs> like, wrote this doesn't know the first thing about Vonnegut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to stop blaming on the check. He did a cameo uh, back to school. Yeah, yeah. So great, too. But uh, he's an extremist consciousness writer. Fa- yeah. Like Faulkner. Blind uh, Fury. Blind Fury. Yeah. Monkey House was a fucking. Yeah, yeah, another yeah. Faulkner. It was another. Um, He's very, he's very like that. And you'll be reading something, and then suddenly you're somewhere else in the book. Uh-huh. Like, in, on the same page, you jumped, like, decades or millennia. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And I thought it was cool. It was almost like Tarantino before Tarantino was a thing. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, like, non-linear narrative. Yeah, So they are literally yeah. jumping around. And this yeah. was 70, what, 3, 74? Yeah. So this was kind of unheard of doing it this style yeah. way. Yeah. And it, so I, this movie really fascinated me because 
And they were like, aging their characters with makeup. Yeah. So. Like the character would be somewhere and, it, and the, someone would yell out, Billy, Billy. And when he whipped his head, he was in, he was 50 years later. Yeah. Like oh, the wow. voice was from the past or the a, future. Or, a lot yeah. of his early stuff, it didn't go less than his time. And uh, I think the youngest we got to see him, did you say the name of this? Slaughterhouse Five. Right. I did. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the youngest we got to see was him in the war. And yeah. everything above yeah. that was him after the war exactly. or what he was doing. But then there was a crazy sci-fi element to this. Yeah. It, he, so I think, and it doesn't tell you exactly where the sci-fi... So he was he was in the war. So it's it takes place from the war, his time after the war in a mental hospital, then his time as an optometrist with living in a family with his wife and kids... And then his wife, his wife and then he, he was in an accident. His plane, a plane crashed, killed his father-in-law and all the other optometrists, and he could have cornered that market after yeah. that. But that was like the first time we saw the super, uh, the science fiction kind of element in the movie. Yeah, was it's when almost was like he was writing this. He was he he came up with this alternate reality that either was or was not. It was either in his head or it was there. But he would he was transported to this planet near Jupiter. Yeah. Or Saturn. Saturn. And it's called Trafalgador. Yeah, that's pretty close, I think. And Impressive. Basically, it was like him and then this Hollywood starlet. So th- there was aliens, but they lived in the fourth dimension. Yeah, you could only hear them. And they talked to him. And he was on like a... Everyone had their own was, dome or something. Yeah, he it kind of like, it reminded me of like your Truman script. Or the, yeah, or the Truman Show. Yeah, where which is, everybody was watching him. Right. And the entire universe. And they brought him there, and he was like... He was like, I want furniture. And so they had, they knew about the Ro- Sears Robot catalog, so they got him a bunch of furniture. But, they, but then he wanted a, they brought a they woman there. they wanted him to mate. Yeah, they wanted him to mate. So they brought like a starlet from Hollywood. That he watched. I think they may even have seen. Yeah. And she was nude through like the entire the movie. Uh, movie. And it was Miss Testmacher from really? Superman. Oh, yeah, wow. Which is weird. It she looks good. Crazy. Yeah, she looked really good. Really good. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I don't know if this was R. This must have been PG. But he uh, but he traveled back and forth to Earth because, remember, he was giving lectures on the yeah. end. and uh, But he, right before he got in the plane crash, he knew He knew the plane happen. was going to crash. He was like, it's good. not only is he even told crash, the pilots. Yeah. He knew it's going to crash how many minutes from now? It's gonna cr- The plane's going to crash in 26 minutes. 26 minutes. minutes from now. And no one believes him. Of oh, course. fuck. And he doesn't get off the plane. He stays yeah, why, on the plane. Yeah, why? 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 Because he, he probably he, knew his future, too. Yeah. Because he also he, knew he wasn't going to die. Yeah. Because it, it's a very kind of time travel y type movie, but it may not technically be time travel. It's just that narrative being yeah. uh, split the up. Scenes the scenes in was. the war were really well done. He had a nemesis that just kind of followed him all the way to the end yeah oh wow and a lot of it reminded me of the world according to garp that's true uh, a lot of that movie had to do with one person's grand life you know yeah and like forrest gump Uh where they've just kind of captured different things and weird things happen to them and everything but they just took this to the next level as if forrest eventually got abducted by aliens and brought to <laughs> might have happened brought to trafalgar or something <laughs> so it, it's a very interesting movie it was a slow it was a slow moving movie and it was if some of my favorite stuff was with the wife oh yeah you she get to goes see her fucking different. he crashes in the plane 
she finds out he's in the hospital, mm. not dead. So she's like, I'm coming, Billy. She gets in the Cadillac. It's the most erratic you've ever seen and someone she just drive in your life. drives like a maniac on the street, For slamming like into minutes. people. Oh, fuck. Her car is like wrong way smoking. Down the highway. She goes down the wrong way on the highway. She runs into a bridge. She smashes into one guy, gets out, like cusses him out, gets back in the car. And then like he's trying to explain the accident to another person that comes by. And all of a sudden, she comes back over she, the hill. Oh, like, bowing right towards him. Oh, they my run God. up the hill. And, yeah. and she ends up. Dying. She gets to the hospital, but she, she gets slams to, into like a brick wall. Yeah, and, and she died from oh my car- god. Well, she died from carbon monoxide. Yeah, from the tailpipe being fucking smashed up when she backed into one dude. Oh my god! But she was like out of her head. Yeah, but it was insane. fun to watch her. Well, you got to see back. her at different stages of their oh, life, and I'm one of the die. I'm gonna lose weight. One of these days. That was Billy. one of the weirdest ongoing joke that yeah. every. He, he never asked her to lose weight, but every time he did something nice yeah. or they moved to a different stage of their life, she would hug him and say, I swear, I'm going to lose weight for you. Yeah. I'm going to lose 10 pounds for you. And she wasn't that big. She wasn't that big of a woman. Huh. Uh, and then and he didn't seem to care anyway. But so. it was like an ongoing joke. They mentioned it yeah, like six, six times. times. Really? And, but she, to, to the point. <laughs> she was baking him cakes and pies and. <laughs> to the point where, where Dave watched it recently and oh, when she finally died bad joke. I, I looked at Dave and I said I guess she's losing weight now she's gonna finally lose that weight <laughs> <laughs> oh I feel bad <laughs> alright she, she didn't really die so let's move on to the next one here that, that was a good one though I, and it, I had gone Very a long obscure. time uh, before I had seen it and I knew it was a famous book and for me I'm, I'm <coughs> after high school I decided to go you're and a read reader and read every famous book yeah. that I could imagine and I'm glad because I'm not as much of a reader now so I'm glad I did it back in the day but most of those great books they've made in the movies before. Ten uh, books, I think. I've read all the way cover to cover. Oh, really? Shit. Oh, wow. No, I've read hundreds. hundreds. Now I've read... Maybe not thousands. Thousands of, of long-form artic- oh, yeah, yeah, articles. Yeah. Not just, just newspaper not stories, novel. but like... like Form. Yeah, just not novel form. Yeah. I mean, and I, it's probably twenty five books because we had to read a lot. I probably of school. read seven, eight hundred books compared to my mom. Who's my probably mom's probably read, read thousands, 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 ten thousand. She reads like she reads like one or two, three or four a week. Yeah, it? she's yeah. obsessed with it. like I am with movies. She is with uh, books. So, well, and I think a lot of these movies there's a good amount of the movies that are on our list that were uh, adapted from books too. Uh, not as kind of award-winning and known as Slaughterhouse-Five. That's kind of one of those cult books that everyone knows about. But one of my uh, my next pick here, this was a movie that was remade later in... Uh, it's got to be the 2000s, and I know you're, Justin is familiar with the remake, but for me, I love the original, and one of my uh, all-time favorites is 1971's The Omega Man. Do you know what the remake with that was? I'm anxious for you to tell me. Uh, I Am Legend. Oh, really? Yeah, with Will Smith. Hell yeah. It was originally yeah. Omega Man, and I'll tell it. And there's a lot of differences, and I'll mention it here. But basic, the basic synopsis is there's a plague that kills everyone in the world off except for a small group of people. People like to think of this as the last man. He's not really the last man. Uh, there's several people that are still He around. might be the last manly man. That's how they, <laughs> that's how they sold it to get you in the theater, and then you're in the theater, and you're like, this guy is not the last man. This is some bullshit. <laughs> yeah. uh, but they got Charlton Heston to uh, be the main guy. <laughs> And what he's dealing with is, you get the beginning of the movie, it's great. You get to see him riding around in the middle of the uh, city of uh, Los Angeles in a convertible, yeah. and he's got a machine gun in the back, and he's just like collecting gas. I kind of like that shit. And, like, remember uh, Night of the Comet? So great. Night of the Comet, we were very similar. Up. That's a great comparison to this. Because that Night was like Comet. Los Angeles with machine guns. And <laughs> I can tell you, it's it's they all filmed it on the weekends, early in the mornings, for two uh, two or three hours at a time before people Maybe. were up. Yeah. And, uh, and that's what I had heard had come from this, because people were like, we want to find a movie to 
to make in LA and they were someone yeah, was driving around work. early and they were like there's nobody up at this time it would be easy to close the roads off for it so what's going on with him is he there is a group of people in and I am legend they actually make them like creatures in Omega Man they were people that but had they were been ex- fucked up though, right? no they were fucked up but they were exposed to whatever the plague was that happened plague. most people died but the there was a small majority of people that transformed into transformed until these albino kind of creatures that were kind of sensitive to the light but it also made them psychotic and uh when you'd see them, they were always wearing black robes and they were kind of in the shadows and everything. And they had these really cool contact lenses. Like they'll really, uh, like white, white eyes that they put in there. And the bad guy was, uh, led by Anthony Zerby, who a lot of people know from, um, the dead zone. He was, Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. He was also in the matrix, the, the matrix sequels. He he was one of the main guys in that too. So Anthony Zerby had been in a lot of different movies. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, and the black chick in this was really kind of well known at the time. I can't. What Rosalind was her? Cash. Yeah, Rosalind Cash, man, she was great in this. Foxy Brown. So <laughs> basically, you get to see Charlton Heston. He's still staying in his apartment, but he's got it set up like Gene Hackman in Enemy of the State. You know, where he's watching cameras down below and everything. And every night, that group that they call themselves the family come out in their robes and they just kind of fuck with Charlton Heston. They're like launching like. Uh, uh, like catapult, like uh, fire bombs yeah. at his apartment and everything. And every once in a while, he'll just look at him and he'll shake his head. And every once in a while, just flip lights on it. It will make him spread out and everything. Me, so they are just kind of huh. pissed at him that he's normal, really. But if they really, he had, they even go into him capturing one at one point, and he's te- because he used to be an army medic, but now he's kind of a scientist and he's testing in his own blood and he's trying to figure out. He knows he's got some sort of antibodies inside of him because he's. He's uh, healthy. Uh-huh. But at one point, he ends up coming across this other group. And this other group are, are just like him. But they're just living it, uh, alone. And it's like this one black woman who's very feisty. Uh, Foxy and, Brown. Uh, she's very like uh, Pam Greer. She's very Pam Greer feisty. Uh, you see her, you're like, is this a black exploitation movie? <laughs> she's got like, the matching I mean, leather uh, outfit and the afro. And <laughs> yeah, it was very 70s like that. But uh, And then... You realize that they're normal, but they have her brother was about to change. You could tell he's getting sick oh, and everything. Uh-huh. So he brings him back to his house, and he's going to test him and everything. And he uh, realizes, hey man, shit's shit can be fixed here if these uh, can it be. I, he realizes after a while because like he ends up he ends up uh, curing the the little brother. And uh, but the other guys are so far gone, the psychotics yeah. that they're kind of happy the way it is. Mm-hmm. They, they want to be psychotic <laughs> and just uh, kill everything. They get to rape and they, pillage. They yeah. look at this as the next Jeez. evolution, you know. Right. But I don't know how that is when you can't even come out in the fucking light. Yeah. <laughs> but it was a fun. Alaska. Yeah. <laughs> six months and then right? it's oh, yeah, yeah. for six months. But it was a fun one, and it. Uh, not to. I mean, it's seventy one, so I'll be a little spoiler here. But the uh, the end. What I love about it is. Uh, he ends up uh, he ends up dying, but he ends up getting like the uh, the antidote to the other group and say, "Here, you can go on, and you can cure it." But he ends up getting uh, stabbed with like pummeled with these javelins inside this huge fountain, uh, and it turns out that's the fountain from Friends, <laughs> from what? the of Friends. Nice. And no shit. And Destin uh, bled to death in the Omega Man, and that's I had never realized awesome. it. And I was like, "Oh, that's awesome!" Huh. It's not what I remember from the intro of Friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's slash. what I think of when so I see the. So no one now. told you that it was gonna be this way. Mm. <laughs> uh, but I, my biggest problem with these movies is. If if I'm one of the last few people on this planet, I'm heading to my own island. Yeah. Yeah. 
with all the things I need. I'll yep. go to town once a year, make it a little pilgrimage. Yep. Almost more than any, any other decade, the 70s, you have to forgive a lot of the cheesy dialogue. You have to kind of relate to how it was at that time to fully enjoy it. Right. Or you had to grow up with watching it. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I have a special... Yeah, I think blood looks like Sherman Williams. Yeah. Paint. <laughs> <laughs> this one, it was really bad. Like, like very red, Dawn of red. the Dead. Kool-Aid. Did it. Yeah, Kool-Aid. You're yeah. like, why is he leaking paint? <laughs> like, oh, it's blood? I had no idea. Like, uh, Nini would have made a fortune. Better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, Charlton Heston was huge in the seventies. Some of th- three of the biggest seventies sci-fi movies Charlton Heston uh, starred in, and one of the big one of the biggest ones we're not even talking about this pod because we talked about it somewhat recently ago was Planet of the Apes. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, when you think sci-fi, where you certainly should give it its due, you think Charlton Heston. He was really good at this type of stuff, and he played it really serious. Another seventies movie that almost made my list is uh westworld it's also a, oh man it's such a great movie but you have That's to really you have really to be liked. into that kind of time period and forgive yeah. the cheesy kind of uh special now effects. have you seen the love it. westworld oh, i haven't so seen good. it yet i haven't seen it's it it's next level i want to see level, it because i have that that was the, this it's, a, it's a mind fuck because uh, you know movie. it's almost like Battlestar Galactica it's right? exactly like Battlestar Galactica where, where someone dies within the gaming zone yeah. just their consciousness all of a sudden they're in the half the show is them with the completely nudity like you wouldn't believe in any of these movies because once they get down on the back they're naked they're completely in front of their like the scientists uh uh, trying to reevaluate their brain, and do you remember this? The problem with it, like a lot of those types of movies, they're having residuals memories. So yeah. the, the robots of the prostitutes yeah. are remembering all the times they're getting abused yeah. and murdered, and eventually one of them uh, re- retains like, it all and decides to take over. Yeah. So the beginning of number two, the mm. robots are in uh, season two. The robots are in charge. Yeah. That's why I like that ex machina. Too. Yeah. Oh, that was yeah, such yeah. a great. And it movie. ended right when you kind of were hoping to see the. Yeah. Uh, so it could be a sequel, maybe. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, Lost in New York called all <laughs> all machina. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's the Omega Man, and like I said, they remade it with Will Smith. A lot of people are fans of it. I'm not a huge fan just because I love the source material, the original one there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't like the idea that they made them into digital creatures and everything and they killed his poor dog which kind of took me out oh man man. uh, yeah they had an awesome dog that uh, (laughs) on the playgrounds where I spent my (laughs) (laughs) uh, if you like the uh, if you like I Am Legend though go back and and if you don't mind the cheese you go back and uh, check out a Mega Man man it's really cool All right. All right. what you got man alright so uh, sticking with a little Charlton Heston here nice um just gonna, uh, it's got to be the third one that we were talking about. Yeah, well, and you know, before I say the name of this, like, I knew about the line. Yeah, yeah, the everyone quote. knows the line. I knew that way before I ever saw this movie. It might be the biggest spoiler line that was revealed yeah. to and, everybody. And I'll go ahead and say Besides it. Besides maybe Luke, I'm your father. It's people! <laughs> yeah. Silent Green is people! <laughs> it tastes good. Yeah. Oh, okay. hey, hey, you know, and <laughs> and finding out where it comes you from. You have that look like Aunt Edna from National Lampoons when she finds out like that. Oh, the, the uh, dog. The burgers on the sandwich has been peed on. Yeah, she shakes like, her head off eh. and continues eating. Yeah. <laughs> so it'd be. Yeah, and I, you know, I've I've admittedly only seen this movie once, and it was a few I've years seen it a ago. Lot, so. um, I thought you were gonna say I so admittedly I only you. tried people once. <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe more than once, <laughs> but I was in another country. 
It was a different <laughs> was time a different in my time. life. <laughs> you know what this movie really reminds me of? And when I saw this other movie, I was like, man, this reminds me of Toilet like Green so much. And you wouldn't think so until you're watching it is um, Land of the Dead. The one with Dennis Hopper, yeah, yeah, yeah. when they're all living in and that the, on in the that high rise, high rise, and, and everyone outside had nothing. Uh-huh. They had very little uh, to live with or to live on, and they had zombies to deal with. Basically, that was this movie, except instead of having to deal with zombies, they're dealing with lack of food and lack of supplies of everything. And uh, so, why don't you tell me some of your favorite stuff in there? I'll fill in some gaps for you. Oh well, <laughs> uh, there's going to be a lot of gaps because but... there's some elements of it that I really like, and it's it's the simple. It's stuff. been a long time since I've seen this, so I'm not going to be able to contribute. Well, I mean, so as far as I remember, it, you know, like you just said, there's a definite class separation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's either, the have and the have not. You're in, in or you are yeah. way out, way out, <laughs> and your food. Yeah, yeah. You're <laughs> in or you're in the food. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, and so basically, this is kind of like <laughs> I think rich people would eat poor people. Oh, Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> nowadays. <would>. Anyways. <laughs> Dave Tartar. <laughs> Wait, I want to be one of the rich people. <laughs> You're just hungry. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and so this is kind of the story of the people who are on the lower side yeah. who want more and people are starving. Like you and know, Charlton Heston is kind of the bridge between them because he lives with the poor people and he, and he is poor himself. Right. But he gets to, because he's a cop, he gets to investigate crimes that are happening inside this high rise facility and everything. Right. And it, it comes with, and some of my favorite stuff with it is the cool stuff he steals from the, uh, from these places that mm-hmm. he goes and investigates and he lives, even if you're outside, uh, you have to be pretty kind of high up like a cop or something like that to actually be living in an in apartment. A, in your own place. Because there's, right. most people are living in stairways. In mm-hmm. sta- remember when he or goes home, he has to step over like 25 Tons people, of people to get inside. And yeah. he's living with Edward G. Robinson, who is most people will uh, recognize. Uh, if I pulled up his IMDb page. He is the gangster that everyone thinks of when they think of Looney Tunes. Oh, they, yeah, yeah. Edward G. Robinson had those big, big lips. lips. The big oh, lips. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. But <laughs> this was, at the end, this was the last movie he ever did. Bugsy. Uh, <laughs> this was the last movie he ever did, and from what I hear, he was so definite that people had to, like, shout his what? stage directions oh, to him in his ear uh, for him to, oh, to that's, realize. That's too bad. Yeah, but he was he did it till the end, and it was a good movie to end on, you know, for him. But, yeah, he, he lived with Charlton with Heston. Heston. Well, and like I said, mm-hmm. my favorite stuff was when he came home and he would... He would bust out like two apples. Uh, the excitement when he came, when he brought in a bar of soap, and he's like, "Have you ever seen a bar of soap that big in your life?" And they're right. like amazed by it. Right. And, and <laughs> stuff uh, you take for granted, man, <sighs> until the world fucking disappears. But when you see Chalton Heston, this was why it was such a great performance by him when he went, uh, because it's all kind of centered around some major person getting killed and he had to investigate it but for me the interesting stuff was when he showed up at the high rise and he would lay on the couch and he would hug the pillow he would go in the uh, bathroom and he would wash his hands right. for a long time because yeah. these are the things he can't do he took a hot shower one yeah. time at somebody's house so it was like very interesting to see uh, those type of elements what was it that really uh, kind of uh, made it you a fan of this movie well I, you know just the, the idea of the ending. The ending, you know what I mean? And, you know, whatever. I'll go ahead and... Who's the yeah. bad guy that was chasing him at the end through the... Chuck like, Connors yeah, was kind the of... Rifleman. Uh, the Rifleman. Yeah, he was kind of one <laughs> of the major bad, bad guys. Never seen him as a bad guy before. Yeah, he was mostly a good guy. Mm-hmm. And, he was uh, the goddamn Rifleman. 
<laughs> Remember, there was an interesting element of this movie too, where the old people would voluntarily right. go, and that's that's like what I remember. Yeah, like tell us a little of that. Dad. Well, so it was Charlton Heston, right? Doesn't uh, it? No, Edward G. Robinson, the uh, the guy who he lived with, went to go there. Oh, okay. And Dick yeah. Van Patten was the guy that kind of uh, that signed him into this place. Yeah. Well, tell him what the place was. Yeah. So, well, I mean, it was basically like a, an assisted suicide. Yep. You know, Building. facility, yeah. <laughs> Which, until uh, Charlton Heston kind of went there to follow uh, Edward G. Robinson, that's kind of how he found out where the bodies went after. Right, yeah. Um, and, I mean, so they put you in this room, and they there's a big screen and a nice, comfortable chair. And they let chair. you choose. It's like an a la carte. What music do you like? Yeah. What What's your favorite color? And yeah. I remember Edward G. Robinson said orange, I guess, or some, or blue. Or, yeah. And uh, so they, they pipe in that color. They pipe well, in and the they music. Have, yeah, and they have videos of, like, fields full of nature yeah, and flowers. Yeah, which you don't and, see otherwise. Which, yeah, which don't exist anymore, yeah. you know. <laughs> that was their set, selling point. If you set up those around... U.S., you would get people to go. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but I think a selling point was that they got to see those images yeah. at the end of their life. A right. lot of these old people grew That they up may with that. even, yeah, they may remember. You got and... the impression that Charlton Heston did not see much, but Edward G. Robinson remembered. Because this was basically all about the world's resources drying up. Yeah. You know, yeah. and this is what they had to do. Right. And that might have been... if. And if this was in real that's life, where we're headed. In, in real life, that's how the government would sell it if they were being sued for uh, using selling food as people, yeah. uh, people as uh, food to people. They were like, "Hey, I had to keep everyone alive here. This is what it took." Yeah, and yeah. how great you loved it. And people forget that it wasn't just solving green; it was solving yellow and solving. Yeah, I was gonna orange. say there was other stuff too. There right? was stuff. Remember, they had solving green day, and there was a great kind of scene. Like the, the band. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that, that would have like, been great. Soylent Green Day. That's a good album name. Yeah. yeah. When you watch it, you have uh, memories of those uh, stories we were told about Russia back in the eighties, where you oh. had to stand in line for bread for yeah, four you, hours. Yeah, four hours for bread. Well, there's that great scene in this movie where one woman's flipping out. She was like, "I stood in line all for five hours, and I got a, a quarter of a kilo. That's all I got." And they yeah. were promised a certain amount, right? They, you could tell there was even a shortage of that. It's only just one person's left calf. That's all that is. It's not enough. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it ultimately went down to uh, Charlton Heston following the trucks. Like, yeah. literally jumping on board the yeah, trucks. And, and breaking into the facility. The whole way through, yeah. And, you know, and eventually he discovers... As they're dragging him people! out. people! <laughs> and they're like, he's screaming it as yeah. they're dragging him out of the thing. Yeah. He's trying to warn everyone. He has a contract negotiation point where he has to scream something it's oh, gotta yeah, be yeah. Like, it's you gotta be damn dirty get your yeah. paws off me you damn dirty apes. and it has to build over eight to ten seconds. yeah <laughs> <laughs> and i must have a close shot yeah from left what is it you ruined it yeah. isn't that what he said let yeah. my people go yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, good stuff man all right what do you got dave yeah 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 so i guess we'll stay with you got Chuck in this? You got no, Chuck. I don't have a Chuck, but I have oh. a post-apocalyptic we were talking earlier. You yours was kind of more like that. Um, and this is a movie that spawned a bunch of sequels. Spawn? Mad Max. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Movie that started them all. And, uh, St- directed I, by the guy who's still directing them today. Yeah, that's George awesome. Miller. It probably was 20 years after I saw... Um, Road Warrior. Yeah, that I saw Mad Max. Oh, that's crazy. See, I think I went and saw it right afterwards. I think I saw Road Warrior a dozen times. Yeah, 
before I ever saw Mad Max. And oh, I, not, yeah, I saw Mad Max a ton of times yeah. before I ever saw Road Warrior. Really? Yeah. Yeah. See, we did it the opposite. Yeah, I think I was that I way. I think Maria showed me. Uh, Mad Max. Mad Max. She's a Mad Max fan? She, well... Oh, that's much, right. That was something she much, grew up watching. Well, much like us growing up, they were they were the family that had 10 VHS tapes. Yeah. And, you know, I can't remember them all, but, uh, you know... I would tape over them. I think I was the only person in charge of movies. You were in charge of movies. Everyone else just watched what <laughs> I had we, recorded. But if you liked one, like Robocop, I would, I we, would, ha- we I had it forever. Over. Yeah. And I would always had Robocop. Off and, uh, right, yeah. That's we awesome. taped over it. Yeah. I remember we taped. There was one year. It was like '87. We we watched. Remember we taped and watched all the Masters golf tournament. Yeah. Oh wow. It was funny. I remember uh, recording. I had a, one of my favorite tapes of all time. Had Back to the Future, Empire Strikes Back, and Karate Kid on it. And Empire Strikes Back was in the middle. And I it I you went through a lot. Well, it. I had taped several things. I always had Back to the Future at the beginning. I always had Empire Strikes Back, and I was constantly w- trying to test out a third movie that would be great to never tape over. And I went through like five or six before I found Karate Kid to put on it. Oh, nice. And Does before then, I kept going a little, taping a little bit over the ending of uh, Empire Strikes Back. To at one point, it just ended ten minutes before. I found it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I had seen it so many times. That, I can dream the rest. Yeah. <laughs> they rescue him. It's yeah. cool. <laughs> but the the funny thing is, is is I didn't need Mad Max. Yeah, I hate to say this since it's 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 on one of our top and it's such a great movie that starred them all. Road Warrior was a better movie. But yeah. I didn't need it to understand Road no. Warrior at and, all. And you really you didn't just need took it. He he was. And in you really a, didn't need that wasteland. to uh, understand uh, the Thunderdome. I mean, yeah, you could jump true. right in and watch yeah. the Thunderdome. No, uh, Thunderdome. Even Fury I, Road. Thunderdome. I saw heavy. before any of them, and I saw Thunderdome fifteen times. Yeah. You know, and was just like this standalone. I, I didn't even know that it was a part of a series. A lot of like, the continuity doesn't even uh, match. I think no. between them, other than the fact that that it's the same character. It's the same character. That's his it. his family was taken from him, and he's just been wandering. Uh, yeah, yeah. And this is the Mad Max. It's probably the most famous Australian indie movie well, ever. It, it made Mel it, Gibson. Well, here's it was the top most profitable movie. I don't know. It, it's been knocked off since, but. At the time, for twenty something years. Oh, okay. Oh, it wow. was made for four hundred thousand dollars. Oh, yeah. And made a hundred million dollars U.S. Oh, wow. Blair Witch. It's had. I bet Blair Witch knocked it off. It's got to yeah, be Blair Witch. Yeah, that's what it is. Blair it Witch was be. like three hundred million yeah. on, on. No, it was three hundred thousand. We remember we no, but, but it's grossed three hundred million. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. insane. Crazy. But I, I really did enjoy going back, and and it's one of those movies where you're. It's just a bunch of really chaotic scenes yeah. of just like. What it would be like, almost watch like modern day Vikings again. Like it's they, true. That's a they good were just example. like pillaging, and it's like a motorcycle gang. And and it's funny because um, every once in a while at night it'll be quiet around here, and all of a sudden there'll be twenty something coyotes yeah. surrounding yeah. the house, mm-hmm. and they're all like, yip, yip, up, woo, woo, woo. Yeah, and yep. it sounds. I'm like, oh, that's Mad Max. Yeah, like, <laughs> it sounds like a biker gang just rolled in yeah. and like protect your children. Like, yeah, and. Man, whenever I think this movie, I always think that scene where oh. he gives him the option to oh. cut his hand off. Great scene, oh. man, that, and it's that, right at the end. Yeah, too. it is. It's and tell us a little bit about that scene because I love the. There's a very saw element to it, like the movie Saw. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, he, he actually, kept, I don't. He catches it wouldn't up be surprised with one of the, me if that's how they I got forget the idea what this, of Saw. The, I forget the character. What he had seen him a few times. He was kind of like a liaison, I think, for the bike gang, and yeah. the guy was like. 
robbing something from a car that had flipped over. I couldn't pick him out of the lineup. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, the guy who played Toe Cutter, though? Yeah. Do you know who is he? Is he a major one in that scene or in that movie? Do you remember the character names? I don't remember the character. That's names. the guy that plays the real bad guy in Fury Road. And yeah, the new the yeah the new it. bad oh, guy. Yeah. yeah, he's yeah oh, he's yeah, from yeah. the original. Yeah, but the guy he wasn't the guy they tied to the car. Though. No, he was the guy with the blonde yeah. hair. Yeah. He was the guy that got that got smashed on the road. Yeah, was he the main he, villain? Or? He was the main villain. Okay, yeah, the, but the guy at the end with the car wasn't yeah, the main yeah, villain. Yeah. But it was like one of the representatives that kind of like jumped back and forth between the cops yeah. and the. But anyways, he caught him looting, and he, he cornered him. He handcuffed his ankle to the car, and then he he, he set up this elaborate... It was leaking gas. car was leaking gasoline. Right. He took, like, a broken headlight that was, like, concave, and it was filling up with gasoline, and he put, like, a lighter that was stayed lit for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> never stayed lit. Zippos, man. <laughs> and so he set, he's like, I, I estimate you have about 15 minutes or 10 minutes until that gasoline fills up and then it dribbles down on the lighter and you blow up he's like that that uh handcuff is tense and steel and it'll take you 15 minutes to cut through that yeah but if you work really hard you can take that and you can hack through your leg bone in five yeah oh (laughs) motherfucker and it and like literally like after he started cutting in his leg bone like the gasoline went way faster Uh, so he just ended up hacking on himself for like two minutes but then it blew up oh And it was like that stuck with me when I watched. Yeah, it the that's first time. that's this most famous thing from that, this movie and whatever. And the thinks. mother was running on the highway with the kid. That's right. It was kind of a brutal how he lost his family. It was. It, kind it of looked brutal, almost right? like uh, Pet Cemetery. They did that. Uh, the, the cars were barreling down the road. They showed the kid. They showed the cars. Showed the yeah, kid. yeah. And then like they don't show him actually getting hit all you do is they show the bikers go past and then holds the frame and all of a sudden a little kid's shoe and a ball comes bouncing (laughs) into the frame that's exactly what they did it's like my worst nightmare I don't even have kids but just to see that little shoe floating in the air like you're being chased by motorcycles and you're surrounded by desert Get off the road. Yeah, right. (laughs) Walk over to the sand. Yeah, take two steps to the left. (laughs) I I really dread the uh, fact. I can't wait until this new Pet Cemetery comes up. I kind of dread the idea of how they're going to do that scene. (laughs) I hope they don't make it like they feel like they need to go next level. I live off off a country road that's scary as fuck. Mm -hmm. That 170 down the end of our street and... Uh, twice now I've been driving and the other cars it's a tiny road big yeah. drift I, someone was texting oh, and full on went into my yeah. and I always pay attention I got it yeah. yeah I might look left or right but I pretty much and I pay attention to because cars drift over absolutely because they're so, fucking texting yeah. like, the problem was is the car was tailgating me behind me so much that they didn't see that yeah. they was drifting so when I ditched it off the road yeah they full on panicked and I looked at my rearview mirror to watch that other car was yeah. fucking donuts three oh, or four times, fuck, and they were man. fine. They yeah. did the other car stop? That no, it no, 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 they just kept going. Fucking yeah, man. that's like at my, so, you know, at the road where I live. There's there's a red light, you know, and it used to be an all dirt road, but they just paved it a couple of years ago. Um, well, every single fucking day, somebody runs that red light like every oh, yeah. five minutes, yeah. you know, and it's just fucking terrible, man. Like, oh, it pisses <laughs> me off. But uh, and another the good thing about this movie is if you're into um, cars. Oh yeah, it's like it's uh, like a gear bunch of nitro. It's cars, a gear they had a bunch of uh, motorcycles. This might be my, the gearhead uh, yeah. like uh, my only question, holy grail. My only question is is where the fuck are they getting the nos from? Like, come on, man. We don't know how long 
I I can understand that question thirty it years after seem, it happened, but I I think since there was still gasoline, yeah. there was probably well, still it didn't stuff seem like a, it didn't seem post apocalyptic. Like it probably happened it, three months before. Well, yeah, because that's the thing is like even gas. Well, they had they still had so ice long. cream. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, yeah. it wasn't. I don't. I think Paul's I think, right. I don't think it was that far in the future. Yeah. I think what confuses your mind when you watch it is because it's over the outback. And the outback, I was just gonna say the outback, already, even when there are people, it's yeah. pretty deserted. Right there, now right. in the outback, yeah, yeah. there's probably crazy shit going on. Yeah, oh, probably the easiest movie and don't want to know about. Don't want to know about. Probably oh, the easiest ooh, indie horror movie. Yeah, we talked about it. Was that horror movie? Which one? Outback. We talked about it. Wolf Creek. Oh, Wolf Creek. Yeah. You ever want to? That's on our villains pod. You know what you do? Smoke a joint and then watch. Wolf Creek by yourself <laughs> at night. Oh, I lent it to someone. I lent it to. Uh, I bet they, I lent it to Chelsea, and she watched it. And she's like, "Why the fuck?" You yeah. that, movie, that movie was very, very, very few movies bother me. Yeah. No, it's fucked up. Ever. I own that it. could happen to anybody. I own, I own it, it, and I've I seen it, it once. I, I've watched I, it every once in a while, but it's a good movie. The one of those. Ugh. It's almost like because uh, something that my wife wanted and I want to do. Before. It's no bone tomahawk, yeah, but no bone tomahawk. Yeah. You know, uh, at least bone tomahawk. Still scarred in the wild that. west. I could be like, oh, you know, I don't have. Tarantino yeah. recommended that villain to that director. Really, really. Nice. Yeah. Oh. My wife and I want to, in our elder years, or maybe not so elder years, would like to hike the whole Appalachian Trail yeah. all the way up north. Oof. And I'm like, with a handgun on. I said, yeah. Well, that's burr, what I told burr, her. I said, burr, I'm not burr, a big burr, fan of. Burr, burr, I'm not a big fan burr, burr, of carrying. Then again, concealed. there are a lot of people probably walking it now. It's uh, it's a thing. Yeah, but yeah. there's yeah. still stretches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, You yeah. might see someone for a whole day. Yeah, a fucking yeah. bear. That's all you really need yeah. to worry about. You're like, yeah. just just have I'm a I'm more worried about. Weapon. I'll tell you what, though. I'm more scared of people than yeah. I am. Oh yeah, absolutely. Wildlife, absolutely. Like rapists and murderers hide out in places where people are. You, know, you just wear your gun on your hip in space. They you know, can't hear you in scream. full view. No one's gonna. <laughs> no one's gonna fuck with you if you have your gun on your hip in full no, view. No, they they had a show on you know uh, one of those fucking TLC or some shit like that. I hate how TLC has become a reality show channel now. <laughs> it's the learning my channel. Loves, yeah. my girl loves that station. Oh no, I do too. But it's that's where fucking, she watches all our guilty pleasures. What are you learning from? <laughs> but it, don't though? they have like ghost hunting shows on there? Yeah, no, no it's ridiculous. It's no, like, TLC is all like uh, they the, had honey, the Amish. Oh, TLC oh, had, had honey boo boo. They had a lot better stuff now, probably. Like, they have the the people that have eight kids. Well, they had like one that yeah. was like these bounty hunters that would go and get people who were on the run in the Appalachian oh, yeah, Mountains. Like, because yeah. people know, like, well, fuck, they're not going to find me here. Around here, it's the Ocala National Forest. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So many people See, live in there. See, I would be kind of scared to go I, in I've there. Never, oh, I've never, I've never, I've never gone there. You don't want to. I don't want to. They could kill you and bury you, and you unless know, somebody stumbles on your bones, yeah. Yeah. there's been people living out you. there for twenty years, and they yeah. got automatic weapons. And well, that's where that. Yeah. that's where Danny Rollins spent a bunch of time. Yeah, because if you want to disappear, I remember when the Rainbow Gathering. Now we're getting way off. Time. Yeah, when they would come through town. They would they would take shots. Work it back around. Uh, they, they look like they're right out of a sci-fi movie, like Mad Max. <laughs> they maybe? look like they're yeah. right out of a Mad Max film. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm going to start my next one here. And this one, this I'm pretty sure this movie was rated G when it came out. And <laughs> it's 1972s, and there was nothing wrong with this movie. There was nothing that could have made it even a PG, really. Uh, there was one little scene of violence, but it's so mild. And this was 1972's Silent Running. Have you guys oh, ever okay. heard of this movie? Have, have I don't you seen think I have. Right. Bruce Dern? Uh, Bruce Dern. And it's it's Definitely really not. the Bruce Dern show. It, uh, Young. You're super, super young, young Bruce Dern, probably right after like um, 
Easy Rider or uh, Black Sunday. Remember Black oh, yeah. Sunday? He was really great was in Black great. Sunday. So this was a good period of time for him. And it was a very simple movie. And at some point it became like the movie Moon uh, without the fantastical <laughs> element that was in Moon. Uh, so what you do is you have Bruce Dern and you have three other guys. Yeah. One of them is the guy from uh, uh, L.A. Confidential, the little guy at the hangout outside the window. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, he's one of them. And then the other two guys I didn't really recognize. Uh, but literally just like four guys. Yeah, none of those guys. Ron Rifkin is the uh, r- one I'm talking about from L.A. Confidential. Uh, but basically they are on the uh they're, they're in like space, space they're on a space station that has these uh horticultural like domes on each of them and they talk several times in the movie that very similar to uh uh the movie uh soylent green where none of the uh plants there's no plants anymore there's no forest all of the uh kind of uh stuff that has been grown and used vegetables and all crops and everything they're all dried out there you cannot do it anymore so they're up in space actually and he's been up there for eight years he's like a botanist uh, or something he's like a botanist yeah and it's really cool they, some weird music in this movie too that they bust into uh some weird 70s music uh like like <laughs> <I don't laughs> imagine yeah yeah like, but it's more like the carpenters <clears throat> type feel oh, wow. good oh kind of joan music bias like that. wrote the song silent running Oh, so that's it. That's probably what it is. Interesting. Uh, So you get to see him. uh, The other guys are up there, and they're kind of meatheads. They're racing each other in these, like, ATVs that they drive around. And it's the inception, a very, very early inception, where George Lucas got the idea for droids was from this movie. They actually used a couple little people, and they used amputees to get in these little suits and they like walk around and there's three of them they're called Huey, Dewey, and Louie huh. and, they, uh, and he's got them <laughs> numbered so you get to see early on Bruce Dern you could tell he loves he loves it there man he's playing poker wasn't he playing poker yeah with, with them at one point it was a really great moment I'll talk about that but uh, Bruce Dern's perfect for this he's a hippie he goes into one of the domes and there's like six or seven different domes and uh he goes in there, he puts his arm out, and, and eagles, there's animals there too. Eagle flies out and lands on his arm, and he's checking all the vegetables, and he grew all these great uh, cantaloupes and everything. And the other guy, three guys, you could tell it's just they a job for them. About they don't give a fuck. Right. They're counting down the name, days where they could get back to Earth. And you get the impression that Bruce Dern could care less if they ever gets back. Right. And so the big meat of the movie comes where and he, you could tell that they don't like him and he doesn't like them. There's a great scene where they're still eating the synthetic food up there. Uh-huh. And he's like, we got this cantaloupe. I, yeah, I and he's like, what's this. the difference? He says, I grew this. That's the difference. Yeah. You know, I took care of this. Yeah. This has a taste. It has flavor. That right. crap you're eating has nothing. And they don't care. Yeah. They couldn't be any less interested. And they just love giving him shit and everything. And... Uh, it comes over the wire that you guys can return to the earth now. We're canceling the project, and we want you to blow up all the uh, the horticultural domes that oh, you do before wow. you come back. <laughs> yeah. And uh, to cut it short, Bruce Stern says, fuck hell, no. Hell he stands no. in one of his – you could tell that this was his dome. He's standing in there, and uh, the guy is trying to place the – they have these charges oh, yeah, yeah. that you place in there, and then he's going to blow it up. So he uh, – 
he nails the guy on the head with a uh, with like a crowbar. Damn! And, and just and kills him right there in the dome. Space. Then he madness. goes to the other goes to the other dome and they light the charges and they're about to leave and he locks them in there. Oh Blow, fuck! Blows those guys up. Oh so, fuck! So like twenty minutes in the movie, it's just Bruce Dern. Wow! And, and Bruce and, Dern and and and, and Mission Control yeah. has questions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he has to play that off. Yeah. You know, he's playing it off like I can't hear you. I'm losing you and this and that. And then wow. he floats off and he's happy as shit. See ya. Man. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, but the problem is, is some of the plants start dying on him and he's like, yeah. why are they dying? And he's got to reroute these, uh, robots to kind of help him out and everything. And you get to see the stuff, that great scene with, uh, poker where he starts, he puts new databases in his, in their heads and you could tell it's, they look like eight track tapes that he uh-huh. puts in the top of their head and everything yeah. and they have new things. They kind of look like that one square droid from, yeah. from Star Wars. Yeah, the power droid yeah, from yeah. Star Wars. It looks just like the power droid. And even Lucas came back and said, you know, I, that's where I got my inspiration to do those guys from the <laughs> <Huh>. Running <laughs> Man. You mean stole from uh, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but not no, often no, no. back then. We call it inspiration. <laughs> inspiration. <laughs> We're filmmakers. That's where we got uh, But it was a fantastic movie just to see Bruce Dern. If you're a Bruce mm. Dern fan, it's the Bruce Dern show. You know, it's mm-hmm. the majority of the movie is not, just him. And he talks to the yeah, droids. Right? And he, there's a great scene where, yeah, when he's playing poker and the uh, the droid comes up with a full house and uh, everything. And uh, Bruce Dern starts laughing his ass off. And he's like, he had a full house and he knew it. And he knew it. And yeah. he's like laughing and he loves it, man. Uh, it's just a great movie to watch and uh, has a has a good ending and everything where Mission Control spoil starts. The ending? No, I'm not going to spoil the ending, but oh. Mission Control is like showing up at one point. He says, we found you, Lo. We've been looking for Yay. you. And then you're wondering, <laughs> are you wondering, is, can you just play this off as an accident and go yeah. back? Do you want to go back? Do yeah. you want to just stay here? So, yeah, it's, it's a I'm good I'm going to have movie. to kill you motherfuckers, too. <laughs> it's a very interesting title, you know? Silent Running tells you nothing about yeah. it, man. No, that's it, good. It I... really is. It's one of those movies that people will hear the title and they will not connect that with yeah, that Bruce Dern good. on a spaceship by himself, you know? Hmm. But definitely worth checking out. What do you Hell got? yes. What do you got, Big J? All right, uh, let's see. Let's go. Uh, one of my favorite actors, actually, Richard Dreyfus, mm-hmm. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Some unknown director. Yeah, kind of, uh, I think he's going to do something big. And he was. He big. might go on to do some bigger things. Steven Spielberg, Sp- man. Sp- is that how you say Spiel- his name? I've only heard of him Spielman. a few times. Spielberg. Spiel- yeah. Spiel- Spielberg. 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 And that famous composer, Joe Williams, uh, John Williams. <laughs> <laughs> This was a fantastic movie. Yeah, and this, I, and this you, also changed the decade. Oh yeah, as far as movies came. What, what was the year? One? That's a good um, question. It's got to be pre seventy five because seventy five was Jaws, and he had done this before he did Jaws. Duel, so this was probably and then this yeah, and then Jaws nineteen seventy seven. Oh, seventy seven. This was after Jaws, huh? That's so interesting. He did. That makes sense because remember Duel. Duel was before, and they asked Jaws. him about Jaws, and it's like this is Duel, but in the ocean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so there was Duel, there was Jaws, and then I guess he took Dreyfus from oh, uh, from Hooper. I did not realize that Carl Gunners. Weathers was in this movie. What? Yeah. Action Jackson. Very small. Yeah, hell small. yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Terry Garr, great in this. Brian Billabon was awesome in this movie. Uh, I b- barely remember it. How well do you remember it? You, uh, you remember pretty well, or I remember, one of the ones that was big for you when you were younger? So, I, I mean, I remember bits and pieces. I remember, like, the mashed potatoes. Yeah. Um, Do you know what he was building? This Because this was a real location. Right, yeah. And it, 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 re-watching it, I watched it, like, six months ago What I don't remember is how all these people came to see this location, yeah. to want to go to this location. Like, So it was all there... stems from that. There's almost This movie can almost be broken down into three parts. Mm. The, the first part is where the uh, the small group of people of like 
20 to 25 people uh, that were in the vicinity where Richard Dreyfus was, they saw something. They saw a UFO. Yeah. The second part of the movie is them having these strong, strong visions urges and, visions, and urges yeah. of, of, of needing to find this place that was kind of embedded in their memory from what they saw. Yeah. And then the third part was actually just going there and right. then making contact at the very end, if you don't know, uh, with these uh, aliens. Right. Uh, for me, the... It, it kind of, for me, it kind of went in order of excitement. I loved the beginning. I was really fascinated and interested in the middle, mm-hmm. and kind of tapered off to the end with me with the whole keyboard thing. Oh, see, I really like that. Yeah, I like I, that. A lot of people do. Just with me personally, yeah. I love. Like, remember when Richard Dreyfus first saw them in his truck? Do you remember oh, that scene? I don't remember a, that scene. So he was at a uh, railroad crossing. Uh huh. And the railroad crossing kind of sign went up and the, the kind of the gate went down and everything. And while he's sitting there is when the alien ship went over him. Uh-huh. And everything in the cab started floating up. Yeah. And then flying backwards into the car and everything, the ashtrays and everything. And he's looking out and he's trying to see it. Everything, the lights outside are going nuts. The, yeah. uh, the inside cab, the lights are going nuts. And all of a sudden, boom, it flies off. Mm-hmm. And that's when he decides to chase it. And that's where he comes across uh, that one woman with the kid yeah. who's famous. You know who that woman is? Uh, I don't. Uh, she's him. the mom from A Christmas Story. No shit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, so that was her kind of famous uh, thing. But So he drives up up to the point in the hill because this was a very California movie. Remember, uh-huh. uh, he drove up on the hill where there was like 20 other people already out there right uh because they're they saw it and they either ran out of their house and they all kind of uh went to this one area and it goes right over them and Mm -hmm. it sees them and it flies past and everything and from that point on that's where everyone started kind of i guess losing their mind for a better kind of lack of a better term yeah because remember he his family was everything before yeah it became completely secondary total obsession yeah Yeah. he was obsessed yeah and uh terry gar played his uh wife who's always great plays a great mom she was the mom from uh mr mom (laughs) oh yeah was huge back in the day i love terry gar Uh, young frankenstein Frankenstein, that was a great one (laughs) for her Short time, I loved her in short, short time. time. I loved her. That was in, a Dabby uh, Coleman one. Yeah, Dabby nice. Coleman. I loved him in uh, Let It Ride, which was oh. which. That's interesting. I didn't even put it together then that Richard Dreyfus. They huh. were husband and wife in that movie too. Interesting. Oh, that's weird. I never. It's funny how they come back. Oh, we did this before. Yeah, right. <laughs> this would be easy. Yeah, exactly. So, what was your uh, kind of your favorite things about Close Encounters? Well, you watched it young. When yeah, you were young? and and that's why I've again, it's one that I've seen like one time. But I remember how great it was. Yeah. I know that it's one of the best movies, you know, of all times. Definitely the seventies. Um, Spielberg is, is classic. He gets away with a, not showing things a lot, and this mm-hmm. was like with Jaws, not showing Jaws, using right. music. And in this movie, he did the same, but showed lights or elements moving right. without actually having to show an alien. You playing Simon? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, at the end, you do get, to see, the, you get mm-hmm. to see the grays. I mean, at the right, end, kind yeah. of walking down, but it's not as exciting as no. yeah. them manipulating the space, you know? Yeah. What was the one with the Patrick Sweeney got? DB Sweeney got? Oh, Fire in the Sky. Fire yeah. in the Sky. Those um, grays were creepy. Uh, have you seen The Arrival? I haven't, but I've heard a lot of people tell me about it. So good. Yeah, I he- that's what I hear. Ooh. Yeah, I'm- yeah, I know you're gonna put it on. Yeah, <laughs> I'll watch it before yeah. then, because <laughs> I have heard Make great a stuff. Note. Uh, yeah, right same, now, uh, or else I'll forget. That's the same director as uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. 
Oh, really? And he's directing the new Dune movie, which is going to be two films. Oh, can't wait for that. A double film? Double film, It man. can't be... It'll be better than the original. But uh, just to, to butt in here on the Close Encounters thing, one, my favorite thing about this whole thing is where the government's trying to make people think the air is poison. Right, yeah, that? yeah. To and they keep try them to keep away them from away. Because yeah. the image they're seeing is of Devil Tower. Devil's uh-huh. Tower. And I'm not sure. Is that New Mexico or Arizona or... Somewhere yeah. around there is yes. where Devil's Tower is. It, <laughs> it's a real thing, though. I mean, it looks like... I don't know what you would uh, kind of compare that to. If it's in I Monument guess, Valley, then I think it's in New Mexico. It's that weird design he's been building. First, he started doing it with mashed potatoes. But uh, I guess there's two different scenes in this movie I love. I love when he's literally throwing dirt into the living room from the outside, and all the neighbors are watching him do it. He's throwing trees and twigs in there, and that's where Terry Gara leaves. She's like, I'm taking the kids and I'm leaving, man. You're crazy. Like, See you. Uh, oh, yeah, that's the Devil's right Tower's there. in Wyoming. Wyoming. Wow. All right, good thing you looked it up. Yeah. So that's a real thing. So That's the, still a state. <laughs> you never hear anything about just as Wyoming. much as South Dakota. We analyze, uh, alienating our Wyoming. Yeah, I know. Right? That's why I had to look it up. But you, know? guys, you, even you guys said they, they don't have internet. They don't have internet there yet. Oh, messed up. Shit, I don't have internet yet. So. <laughs> yeah, but you're living in Florida. Yeah, I just got unlimited data. <laughs> but right when they realize, <laughs> right when they realize this is a real place, you forget in the early '70s, unless you saw it in a textbook or you saw the news or something like yeah. that, and it was great because they were showing it in the background on the televisions when you realized oh my god everyone knows that something's going on at that point because that's what they did the government put out this alert said there has been a uh, a leak like a nuclear leak or i don't know what a gas leak gas or something they could get away with that and uh yeah so everyone had masks on and everything so when richard dreyfus and this girl take off to go to wyoming because that's where they know devil tower is they got him they get him at the border and they're like what are you doing man the 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 air is poison yeah and then he at some point he does that thing that reminds me of uh red planet the movie red planet mm-hmm. where, oh, they yeah. have, where they have to make the decision to yeah. take the mask off that's a great scene and too. He, he realized he's like I don't think there's anything wrong with the air and yeah. he takes his mask off and breathes he's like the air is fucking fine yeah. he grabs the girl and then they just take off running man and it's such a great moment it's, yeah. it, it's a great movie the, the, the government kind of uh Putting something over on the public is always an interesting kind of scenario, and I think they really nailed it in this movie. Oh, yeah, and absolutely. It became its own character almost. So, yeah, Close Encounters. If you haven't seen it, check it out. What you got, Dave? So, this next movie has 20-something sequels. Wow. Holy fucking And only balls. one of them is a sci-fi movie. Yep. Which one is this? Moonraker. Moonraker, okay. And this is one that they they must have played it a shit ton on TV when we were growing up. This was big for us. Because it's funny because we grew up as Roger Moore. Not that we didn't like Roger Moore was our bond. He was our bond. When the movies came out, he Mm -hmm. was our guy. And and I've sensed probably like Sean Connery more. Timothy Dalton was, a, was my yeah, first. Yeah, I figured yeah. I figured yeah. you to be a Timothy Dalton guy. Yeah, well, I mean like or a I, Lazenby. Yeah, I'm not like <laughs> you know I'm not like oh he's the best one. He was just when I was at that age. Yeah. It was oh, Timothy I thought you Dalton. were joking. <laughs> I love Timothy Dalton. I love all of them. Oh yeah, I'm I don't probably one. I like him in Hot um, more. I'm certainly one of the biggest Bond fans that I know. Oh yeah, we did an entire pod on it. it has the least amount of listeners of any <laughs> Bond we've ever done. So there must That's not fine. be as many big Bond fans out as me. Uh, but uh, this was the one. And, and speaking from a uh, Bond uh, fanatics standpoint, 
this was the one that most people think jumped the shark. Huh. Well, it, it was weird. It, it was, was silly. It was trying the to silliest capitalize of all. on some of the recent movies that it just came out in '79, so it mm-hmm. just made it in the '70s. Yeah, it was trying to like the science space race was, was huge, big. Man. Science fiction was huge. Right, the space race was yeah, big. Makes sense. So let's bring Bond to space. So yeah. they were like, yeah, let's make and that they had just like I don't know when the space shuttles start. This was yeah. just when the space shuttles was starting to be mm-hmm. something when they had gravitated over the, from some of the good stuff there's and if you're a bond fan there's several bonds movies that you can say oh i love the stunt from this one i love this villain from this one there's always something in every bond movie that they yeah. like and what really worked for this one was the fact that the spy who loved me had just happened and they wanted to carry over that jaws character what's the name uh, jaws saved this movie really he because was he what he was the most uh interesting they tried to kill it. that motherfucker three or four times your ball me? struck my foot <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> he was good and happy for, for years we just knew him as jaws man yeah. oh yeah absolutely yeah. and but you talk about stunts um yeah what were the what the, were the, the, the opening the, the the opening scene was it an was, aerial it was the it was aerial the, one it was the one where jaws throws bond yeah. out of the airplane this with is no one of my parachute favorite. this was one of my favorite and he stunts. has to like do that thing where you put your arms behind you and like Terminal through velocity. the air, yeah, yeah. To, to get yeah. the guy that had jumped before him to yeah. wrestle him midair. Take so the these, this away. is nineteen, probably filmed in nineteen seventy eight. If it yeah. came out in seventy nine, even think, though he had a shoot under his jacket, you could tell the stunt guy had a shoot under his jacket. They still wrestled, yeah. Like they film, they filmed this real time, not can, with oh, Bond, yeah. but there was three guys, Jaws and. Another the other stunt guy and then the stunt guy. BJ Worth was one of them. I I'm such a Bond dork. I've watched so many documentaries about. They have they have like two hour documentaries just on certain stunts and everything, and it's so fascinating. There's one of them that a documentary that if you get the Bond set, it's on there. Well, I guarantee you in the planning room, I guarantee this gets said every movie. Here's the stunt we want to do. Yeah. That can't be done. Right, yeah. <laughs> and then they there figure was, out a way to make or, it happen. Or they just contact the stuntman and say, what stunt can what you do? Stunt, what stunt can you do that you nobody else do? can do? There was one really BJ famous BJ Worth was one. a spe- uh, specialized in aerials. That was the guy who played... He must have played Jaws because he was the dark-haired guy they yeah. always used. Which was the one where they spun like a spiral, the uh, Mercedes like Goldwing. It was one of the 70s one. What was the one before this one? It might have been that one Um, because I remember seeing on a documentary one time about how incredible it was because nobody had ever successfully, you know, three, yeah, like three sixty to car off a bridge. Yeah. Oh, I see. Um, And they did it. They did it over the river. Oh, there was a gap. Yeah, there was a gap, and they and they flipped the car. Yeah, yeah. Screw ramp. uh, Yeah, exactly. That's the um, man with the golden gun. Yeah. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, because I I that was that's all science right there, man. Yeah. No, and they were saying like it had never been done yeah. before they didn't think it was going to be I possible they, and i think like, they only did it once yeah. and they got they it on the first take. that shit and yeah. they got yeah. it the first take yeah. and, uh, not ever going to need this <laughs> since we're talking aerials and everything one of the uh and with hidden shoots which is what was used on these if mm-hmm. you look careful enough you could see it but it doesn't take nobody's it doesn't take you out of it. uh it doesn't <laughs> take away from it one of the best aerials uh was the spy who loved me so they they wanted to the trumpet with this one but the end of uh the end of the living daylights when they're hanging off the back of that big ass, uh, uh, huge Truck. like military no uh, C forty C one oh and yeah the, and the the cargo bay is open and yeah, it's whipping yeah. around that, and he's he's hanging onto that, that netting net, yeah and everything that C one thirty the stuntman said that was the only time before or since 
on a Bond movie or maybe any movie at that time did they ever have to use the emergency shoot. At one point, he got too rough and he let go. He oh, had to, he had to let go because he was he, he was, was going to get smashed. He was going to get hit plane. really bad. It was it was. And if you look at the shot, they didn't cut the thing where it started <laughs> getting violent. Oh wow! So you can almost tell why he used that emergency shoot. So it was very interesting Jesus. to see that they used that. Yeah. Well, could you imagine if he like slammed the deck and got knocked out, let go, and then fell? I mean, that's it. Some you yeah. Wouldn't some even shoots know. they have the automatic altimeter that uh, right. will blow yeah. your shoot for you, but right. very little. And you forget how kind of. Uh, uh, they kind of Mickey Mouse a lot of these stunts to make them work at times. And one of the best example is that was one of the most famous scene in Moonraker. And you could tell us a little bit about it is the, uh, cable, the cable car, car one. They were in, so he goes. So the plot of this whole Bond is the the guy from uh, Ronan, the, the guy from Ronan, and Michael also Lonsdale. from the, and also the guy from Munich. Uh, yeah. Munich. Um, he's like. The evil genius of the day, mm. like every Bond has an evil genius, and he's he's theirs, <laughs> and uh, so he owns a it's, company. It's like a plot that was completely stolen from from You Only Live Twice, yeah, of a machine that captures like missiles, yeah, yeah. yeah. But he he want he wants to kill a lot of people with the Sinai, that in the satellite, very Doctor Evil, yeah, yeah. Which has one million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yes, our company makes two hundred million dollars. <laughs> so, so he has to infiltrate his like SpaceX. Basically, it's uh-huh. like a private space company that this guy uses, and he has uh, the what what looks like the Challenger space shuttles uh-huh. up there. And it's funny because they just keep flying them up like they're easy to fly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like anybody can control them. Bond was flying one with Dr. Goodhead. Dr. Goodhead. Of course Dr. I know. Dr. Goodhead fly. is one of the best uh, Bond uh, women. Pussy names. Galore and Dr. And Dr. Goodhead. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, all right, what is a 13-year-old come up with your goddamn villain name? <laughs> but uh, I, what, was, what were you going to ask me? Oh, yeah. So he has to go. They had one of their training facilities in Rio. And so there's a very iconic uh, cable car that in region, I think it's Rio de Janeiro, mm-hmm. that you can go up in and it's on the mountain overlooking the city. Right. And get this great panoramic shot of the entire city. Um, why they were there, I have no idea. <laughs> but Dude, good stuff. Because it worked yeah. really well. It was, <laughs> it was the best use of Jaws' Jaws, too, uh-huh. in yeah. this scene. So Bond and Goodhead jump in the cable car and they speed away and they get about halfway there and... And uh, Jaws shows up and throws it off track. I guess we should mention why they call him Jaws, too. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> First of all, he's about 6'8". Yeah. Like four, With the 60. Afro 6'11". <laughs> Richard Keel. I think his name yeah. is Richard Keel. And he has, instead of teeth, he has what looked like giant clamps almost. Metal. They're teeth, but they're like. He bites stainless them. steel teeth. Yeah. That look like I thought they were gold. No, no they were stainless steel, oh. yeah. metal steel, like looking. shark teeth almost. Almost, right? they're kind of rigid at some point. They're but rigid, they're like, but he uses of, them like he bites the tensile steel cable car wire. And that's insane. Oh, yeah, it's a that's great insane. shot too. Yeah, he's just like no, no. But then he climbs out. to get to the other car, and then and then has his crony like meet him up, and then they fucking fight. Jumping back and forth between that's the cable insane. cars, that, and, yeah. that's and the somebody was doing this shit, man. And they were that. So this is a thousand, maybe fifteen hundred feet up. Yeah. This yeah. isn't 
the and they had no suits on or anything. It didn't like look that. like it. I don't. They no, didn't. they didn't. I remember watching and the base video. jumping wasn't a thing. I don't think back but then. So that shot where he jumps jumps from off one cave to another. They actually use a mini trampoline, and that's how he ends up bouncing from really? up to the other yeah. one. Wow! So if he and he had to know it. if you didn't miss you missed you that have to get don't right. you have to get the right angle to go forward on uh, trampoline? That's why they go going straight. That's why up. it takes yeah. ten hours to set these to shots up before they and you have to be batshit crazy to do it. Yeah, and you've got that guy who says. I'll give you two, yeah. you know, but after that, I'm out. Shit, <laughs> you may be able to take my right foot for twenty million dollars, but fucking some of the stunts that they do, I wouldn't do it for twenty million dollars. Like, just no. So this was a pretty straight up Bond movie until the end. Until the end, yeah, kind of crazy. They so they, lasers and they hide out, and I, I'm always fascinated. They make fun of it in in uh, Austin Powers, but I'm always fascinated with the when the bad guy puts them in a in a precarious situation and then leaves. <laughs> they, they, they take expecting him, times. expecting him you to will just be, be dead killed very soon, yeah. Mister Bond. Yeah. I'm going to leave the room now. Here's Gold the figure, rest yeah. of my plan and exactly <laughs> yeah. how I plan to execute it, step by step. But too bad you won't be around to see it. Like, but I don't want to be here for it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to do it I myself. I'm going to leave Yeoman Scott, Johnson with you. Scott, he's like, I got a 22 in my room. <laughs> I could shoot them together. <laughs> Oh, so great. Come on, we can just Scotty do it right note, now. Scotty note. <laughs> Zip it. <laughs> we do a whole pot on the other they, they get so They get on the space shuttle and they know how to fly it. Apparently. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. They know how to fly a space shuttle. And then they go to the space station and like a bunch of space shuttles dock and they start their evil plan. And then the U.S. government finds out and sends their already trained space astronauts with of lasers course. to show up and they have this laser battle. And you're like, as a as a classic Bond fan, you're probably rolling your eyes at this point. Yeah, well, I would imagine. Even as a, from a sci-fi standpoint, because as fun as it was when you were a little kid, this was 1979. We've seen a lot better than what they oh, made yeah. this here. Yeah, and, and this we didn't. Bond maybe as too. kids, when we saw it, <laughs> they should have just put more money into that where they didn't realize it would come off as cheesy. And what they did with Jaws, remember he he found a love interest in space, and it was this. <laughs> really no, he found her. She dug him out of the cable car wreck. Oh, that's right. And he like Real immediately grabbed. Her hand. She was one of those girls that she was probably super, super hot. Oh yeah, and they, they made her. her up. They yeah. dorked her up like Big beyond time. belief. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then he brought her to space with her. Yeah, hand. and then she brought his face, and then they crashed, and both lived. <laughs> uh, yeah, was, the only the only two things, he died like four times yeah. in the movie. The Everybody only lived. two things that I know about this movie are Jaws and the Moonraker like gun. And the only reason that I know about either one of those is from was it N sixty four, Goldeneye. Yeah. And playing that. That's forever. right, you got to fight Jaws. Yeah, you got to you Oh, could, did you? You yeah, could beat Jaws cool. and you could get the Moonraker gun. You know oh, what I mean? And cool. those are the only two things that I know from this movie. Had some fun well, then stuff. you're caught up. Yeah. <laughs> Can you remember because I know you've seen it somewhat recently, do you remember what his uh special Q uh oh, toys were? It was the risk uh, gun where you it was like a watch okay on your wrist and the, it had a laser came the out darts of it? no remember no. it had like oh yeah ten, it had five that was on the five explosive tip darts me. and then five with cyanide on it that's how we got out of that that great scene where he first met dr goodhead and she takes him into that zero gravity thing from like yeah. spies like yeah. us yeah and straps him in mm. and then the, the Asian, the oh, Asian that was a great scene. <laughs> that was a great scene with yeah and then the, there, that man. that uh asian guy showed up and like sabotaged yeah. the controls and he like went to like 10 g's and then 
he remembers. That's right. He had to use he, that. He uh, he flipped his wrist and shot the control panel out with his awesome. uh, with his thing. I, and it also had he had the uh, speedboat that turned into a hang glider. Ah, yes. remember he went. Oh, Jaws shit. went over the. Fl- went over the Clip. thousand foot falls and lived in that one. God, yeah, man, how can you not like the Bond movies, man? They're just so much fun. I, I just hearing you talk about it. I, I go through marathon. I own them all. I own two copies of, of every Bond movie in case it had some random them. things too. Like when he was in, I, you know what I like most about the Bond movies? To be very honest with you, is the awesome locations they go. to. Oh, absolutely, and they're real like, locations. They, they, like in Spy Living, they went to Morocco. Well, here, like, yeah. they, Versailles was his, was yeah. the bad villain's home. Remember he had that big snake? Yeah, he had the yeah. big snake that attacked Yeah, the big the snake in Rio. But then they went to uh, Venice. Remember that both chased through uh, Venice? Yep. The canals of Venice? Yeah, I remember and they that they had one. the gondolier that went up on land. That's when that pigeon did the double take. The worst moment. Did we already talk about the pigeon? We talked that off the pod. Okay. <laughs> there, there's so one infuriating this moment yeah. in this Bond movie, of any Bond movie. And so he's being chased by speedboats. And remember the casket with the guy <clears throat> opened it up and he like threw the knife at him and then he killed. It had him the man the, with the golden gun in it too, it playing did. the sheriff on vacation. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Huh. So he's driving the <clears throat> the gondolier and he and you think he's coming to a point where he isn't going to get away and all of a sudden he drives it up on land. There's like there's like a motor and wheels on it, which is fine. So he's driving through the streets and like. He goes through like a plaza where people are just in Venice. I've been to Venice. They have this giant plaza, and then a lot of shops just put chairs and stuff out along the inner outer circle. And uh-huh. then like there's a lot of jugglers and people trying to sell you roses and street performers. Street and performers. Such. But he drives through a huge crowd, and they cut to a pigeon <laughs> to, doing a double take, like <laughs> at, looking at the gondolier, like what the hell? Yeah. And you're like. What the fuck just happened? Yeah. Did that pigeon yeah. do a double take? Like they, and it wasn't even a like a like a static shot with the pigeon turning his head twice. They just like ran the same footage of the pigeon looking once. They Are wanted to serious? be funny. Yeah, they wanted to be uh. funny. It, it might be the most cheesy moment yeah. in any Bond movie ever made. Ever. There's a couple of them. And they unfortunately couple- they're all in. They're all on Moonraker. <laughs> well, well, no, a couple of them are in the man who was uh, the man with the golden gun. A couple of them were in. Uh, uh, Live and Let Die. They had That's a couple true. of them in there. But then they kind of realized that people were kind of souring us. They took a little bit more serious knock to pussy. And then... Who's Charlie Sheen's ex? Uh, Denise, yeah. Uh, Denise Thinking Richards. she's a nuclear physicist. Yeah, actually. that might have been the biggest joke. <laughs> <job. laughs> <laughs> they named her Christmas just so they could use that yeah. cheesy uh, line at the, at the end. end. Oh, God, okay. that was horrible. <laughs> All right, let's move on. This is a super serious one, and this is one a lot of people haven't seen, and I fucking love this movie, and it's one of the... Uh, it's a very artsy movie. It was actually done by this filmmaker in film school as a short, and then he decided to make a full never met, He never went on to do anything. Never went stuff. on to be a big thing <laughs> since then. And this is 1971's THX 1138. So, yes, this was George Lucas, man. George Lucas has only done three things. One of them he's done like four or five things from that one thing, but literally American Graffiti, THX 1138, and Star Wars were his only directing uh, movies. Uh, he did a lot of the prequels. He directed them, but that's all George Lucas did. He he was credited for writing a lot. You know, he wrote Indiana Jones, and he he's did worth that. Five billion dollars. I know. Yeah. He's, he's retired now. He's literally. not doing anything. But we have him to thank for uh, for ruining Indiana Jones. No, <laughs> for, for changing. Yeah, baby, yeah. 
not Dark only for changing sci-fi, but changing filmmaking, oh, for yeah. changing sound. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. The Lucas art. I give him stuff. shit, but man, he was... Yeah, oh, God, he was, he was revolutionary, dude. and it yeah. all started and, here. And I'll tell you like this, if he hears that and doesn't realize we're joking, oh, yeah. then... No, I, he knows. Yeah, <laughs> I'm more mad with the, the stuff he's done that he fucks with. Yeah, yeah. leave your shit alone. Yeah. yeah, like I haven't seen the the difference, but I know that you are like, yeah, I know that you are like, why? So bad why? that no one's gonna do it anymore. Right. Good. Yeah. Good. So, leave it alone. Maybe, maybe he unless was, you want to go back and no one will do it again. Unless you, you want to go back and take some scenes and put it into trading places. Yeah. I don't care what you want to change. <laughs> no, even that. I don't want. I'm, like, there's a DVD version, a special edition DVD version of Stripes that mm. has an extra 12 minutes that no one has seen before. Uh-huh. And I, I don't like it. I like knowing what scene's coming up next right. because I've seen it on yeah. times, you know? Uh, and yeah, like I said, they'll never go, no one will ever do it again because it was a learning moment and people turned on him big time mm. to the point where you still can't get those versions. Uh. I, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the originals to come out without that crap in there. The versions I own have the crap in there. It Disney owns them now? Disney owns them, so it's up to them to do it. And they'll do it. They'll do it eventually. They'll do it. But They'll do it once they... But let's talk a little... And he even named his audio kind of uh, yeah. THX after this, in honor of this movie. Mm. So this movie's a very weird... You could tell this was his artsy kind of... Uh, yeah, I've never even heard of it, but it's uh, got a great cast. Robert Duvall. So good. Robert Duvall, Donald Pleasance. Those are really oh, the Donald two Pleasance. biggies in this Sid movie. Haig. Uh, Sid, Sid Haig. Sid Haig. Sid Haig was in a very small little role in it, but too cool. basically it was... Uh, uh, the girl, who the main girl there, what's her name? Maggie McCorney. She didn't go on to do a whole lot, but she was really great in this. So this had a very big brother type element to it. Uh-huh. And uh, it all took place inside a factory where it's Robert Duvall is under, uh, they're almost Humanoids. They're almost prisoners. They're not exactly prisoners. They're workers, but this is what they're being forced to do in this kind of future society. And they're in this factory where they're building robots that look... But they weren't robots. They weren't robots. They're people. But they're being chemically controlled by these pills. Take the blue pill. On this day, take the red pill. Take the orange pill. Take two of these. And they monitor what's going on in your mind. And you're you're being uh, restricted. You're not allowed to have sex. You're not to have... If you want to have sex, you go, they actually show them go to a room where they show a video. The uh, if, if you're into girls, they show this, uh, this very... Uh, large-breasted African woman doing this dance. And then if you're a guy, they're showing you the same thing, but at, from a guy's point of view. And they have a machine that looks like it's jerking you off. It had, it, you can see him sitting back. It's milking him. It, it looks like a milking <laughs> machine or something. And, it, and it's this weird device that's going up whoa. and down on the screen and everything. And you're like, whoa, what the hell is going on? <laughs> and, uh, but they, they put you with a roommate. Like a female, but you're not supposed to be doing things with well, them and everything. What they think was going to happen? I, I guess you take well, the pills. Th- yeah, if you take your pills, that's what it is. Fine. But the problem is, is Robert Duvall and this girl, they they start slowly not taking their pills. Mm-hmm. And they start this relationship. But they're being watched uh, the whole time, right? They're being watched. they got to be smart about it. they got to whisper things. they got to do stuff in the dark. It's different things. But a lot of it is where Robert Duvall is behind these levers where he's controlling these arms that are inside of <clears> a, a room that... Uh, that builds these robots and the robots when they're being built they look very c-3po it looks like c-3po without his head on really so he must have started with that island but they're actually putting they're carefully grabbing these nuclear kind of rods these fire red nuclear rods that if he does not drop them exactly right in the thing the whole that part of the facility will blow up and they show it happen once oh wow where somebody screws up and it just 
clips the edge, and every guy who's working on the other end of the wall gets blown apart. Oh, fuck. So at one point, they find out Robert Duvall is up to some shady shit. So they decide to put a mind lock on him. And the mind lock, his eyes roll up in the back of his head and everything, and he, he can't, like, move. He's almost, like, restrained yeah. and everything. Well, they just happen to pull the mind lock while he's in the middle of working one of the nuclear rods. Oh, fuck. And everything. And so it falls everywhere, and they... 10 seconds to meltdown, nine seconds to meltdown. And then the, you see a lot of the controllers that are, con, that are mind controlling these people. Mm. And, uh, they say cancel mind lock and then they cancel mind lock and friggin' Robert Duvall comes out of it and everything. Damn. Well, they end up, uh, they end up, uh, putting him in prison. But right before that, Donald Pleasance gets a uh, hold of him and, uh, they end up moving him away from the woman that he's in love with because they find out. So they're going to put him in with a different place. And Rob, uh, uh, Donald Pleasance wants to pull some strings so he can become his roommate. And it's, it's w- weird why. You don't really know why. He says, oh, I think we'd be a good match together and everything. And uh, he ends up getting... a milk machine. He ends up... Yeah, I dreams of more than a milk machine. <laughs> but he ends up... Uh, they end up putting him in prison. And the prison is a completely white room. And they have... They have a couple like weird little uh, cots in this room, but the way the movie was filmed is it's like an endless white room where you don't know where to go in any direction, and you get to oh, see weird. all the guys in there, and they're all kind of nuts and everything. And there, some of them are just wandering, walking around in different situations. One of them gets attacked and almost raped, and no one's even paying attention. Robert <laughs> Duvall's kind of staring straight ahead, and Donald Pleasant's just talking to him. And at one point, he decides to walk to the edge. And uh, uh, I should mention that the police force in this are all robots, too. And they're all kind of, they have these silver faces. They almost look like highway patrol motorcycle cops if they had solid silver faces. Huh. Uh, And uh, they're pretty easy to run around and everything. You can tell they're bumping into walls at different times and everything. So it's basically him, him trying to escape from the solid white prison. And once he gets outside, escaping from the dome, and uh, you don't know if there's an edge of the dome, kind of like uh, uh, very Truman Show like, and everything. But it's it's very interesting. It's very trippy. All the people in the movie are completely bald. A lot of them are tagged Even by the, the ear. Uh, the woman's complete. Women are also bald. No one has body hair. You don't know if it has something to do with what's going on. There's uh, there's a lot of people in like the uh, the facility itself, but we're basically following Robert Duvall and everything. So it's very very interesting, and you could watch it. When you watch it, you you see a lot of uh, uh, George Lucas. You see a lot of the uh, early Star Wars movies. A lot of that stuff where you see the guys in uh, Empire in the original Star Wars when they have the black helmets when they're controlling the, the Death Star yeah. and everything, and it looks straight out of THX 1138. It's very similar to it. Uh, but this was 71, so this was like six years before the the original Star Wars, so this was uh, way ahead of time. And eight years before Moonraker, so I don't know what the hell they had. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Justin, what do you got? Um, all right, so for this one, um, this is actually kind of a, a rare one. I don't know if you guys have seen this. But I'm sure the people listening probably haven't. Um, but it was a uh, 1977. Um, it's trying to be funny. Star Wars. <laughs> I like you. Connected, you, uh, you piggyback right off of George Lucas too. So. There you go. And I guess that uh, there's probably some people listening that have seen it as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, they better say something good about it. Yeah. <laughs> Hated it. <laughs> Two Tru- snaps up and around I mean, the world. Trust me, how I mm-hmm. when I tell you that this movie still is impactful for me because I ha- I own every. 
Star Wars, uh, all the original Star Wars figures, I have them displayed on these great collectible tiers in my yeah, it looks kind awesome, of living room, yeah. and uh, I stare at them every day, and I uh, I love them, man. This movie I mean, was, uh, this movie had more of an impact on me than probably any other movie yeah. ever. Mm. I would, and it was the first like. When you saw it, you wanted to be part of that universe. Yeah. And you wanted to go out. And one of my favorite things growing up was actually buying the toys. Oh, yeah. Mm. Like going to the store and getting my paper out. They had a figure for every character in the movie. Except for maybe five or six characters. But those were characters you didn't care about anyways. You didn't need an Aunt Pearl. You didn't need every single thing from the canteen. But But probably most of them, though. Yeah, but if you got one, it was... Those were easy. If if it was a weird monster, they loved making those figures, man. Like Walrus Man and stuff. Guido. Guido and all those. That, That was some of their bread and butter. It was... Having to put out like the Imperial Commander, which, uh, but if you were, but a collector, I remember, remember that I robot had them, that man. was like sewing his hand back on from the with, uh, that had the white. Oh, from the arms second one, come out. yeah, yeah, from the second that one. That was yeah. a hard one to get, yeah, he's an easy one to get now, but uh, nowadays, but yeah, this is obviously me. a movie we don't have to go into synopsis <laughs> or we so, can just talk about it's about this guy, <laughs> how impactful it was to you or even to film industry in general. Well, yeah, I mean, this was the beginning of the Star Wars franchise, which is, uh, you know, I mean, right now, yeah, Marvel's ginormous, but yeah. Marvel only came around a, a short time ago. Star Iron Wars, Man. yeah, 2009. Yeah. You, you know, what's genius about this movie is that they jumped right in. Right. Yeah. This is the universe. You'll you'll catch up. You'll catch up. Yeah. It's not two hours of backstory because they would have needed it yep. if they were going to tell you all the backstory. Rebels, who are the rebels? What are they fighting? Well, Who's that was what person? the ingenious of putting chapter four on the title yeah. sequences and everything because it, it, it gave people an immediate idea that, all right, this stuff's already going on. You don't really need to know where C-3PO or R2-D2 came by. All you need to know is, oh, shit, they got the secret plans. And, right. And yeah. Yeah. they end up getting jettisoned themselves and this one person that wants to be a part of that life is uh, now thrust into that part of the life. Yeah. Not realizing that he is of lineage uh, and such a major focal point in what's going on here. But Now, because admittedly, the first three Star Wars movies, you know, minus the Ewoks. Um, I, I didn't know, mind the Ewoks. I didn't. No, no, no. I didn't. They third, I didn't. The third one was basically our movie because that was yeah. 83. Mm. We saw it in the theater. We saw it in the theater six or seven times. I probably mm. saw Empire oh, no, I, in the theater. Yeah, I saw Empire. Well, they re-released Empire in like 82. So oh, did we, they? we definitely saw the re-release before they released three. Mm. Uh, but 1980 was early for me, man. I mean, yeah. I, I turned five, five at the end of the year. 77 when the original Star Wars Mom came out. I probably wouldn't two, have taken you so that. I probably, there was no VHS uh, probably until 82 or 83. We certainly didn't get one, so. We probably got it pretty close to when we it got it. Out. We got it early. We were it always the getting first movie all we the watched stuff. on cable was the original Star Wars. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I remember when we first got it. So, yeah, but so I may be getting this one confused, but um, this is the you one. You better not. People are going to out of their seat. I'm going to Someone's flying enough, out of his yeah. seat right now just for you. <laughs> we get enough hate emails as it is already. <laughs> got it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Put the gun down. Yeah. Uh, no, this is the one where. Guido shot first. Jabba, Jabba the Hutt has Leia, right? No. 
No. Yeah. That's the third one. That's, that's, that's Return of the Jedi. See, I always get those oh. Well, up. Jabba is uh, referred to or in all of them. The first one, he was, the first one was a person. And uh, in the, he wasn't a big slug-like creature. Huh. Yeah. Th- then they re-put that. Uh, that's the worst thing that they ever did. Was oh, when he was when walking they, through the hangar with yeah, him? And he had to jump over his tail. and it was yeah. That was, was the, one of the worst things Lucas put in this movie. But the old version was fine with me. Yeah. You just thought, oh, he became a lizard somehow he evolved into that creature somehow but because he was a person in that first one Hmm. where he was trying to was right when uh luke and uh obi-wan kind of hired hand to well that's uh, guido was trying to get hand to pay the money to get the the jabba the hut but then when he went outside you saw him talking to jabba and uh kind of blew him off and uh yeah he took off without paying but this had so many great moments. Uh, a lot of the stuff. The characters were phenomenal. Oh, I mean, absolutely. This was one of those ones that everyone. Han Solo was saw. my hero for a while. <laughs> he was like the cocky. Just like, man, we've talked before about the uh, the. Uh, hiring process that they went oh. through to get this cast because it was combined if with got a got a sh- got a shot at one of the roles cuz he used them quite extensively. Lucas? Mm. Yeah. He Lucas used him in American in... Graffiti. Yeah, he, he did use him in Graffiti. In... He did use him in He used him in uh Spielberg used him in uh... Yeah, Spielberg was connected in a lot of ways with Lucas because they came Jaws up the same th- uh, uh, time. Close Encounters. Uh, Lucas was also really good friends with Francis Ford Coppola and with that's who produced THX 1138. What was the other movie they were making? Uh, well, that was time? his other friend was Brian De Palma because they were filming Carrie at the same that's time. Right. So we had talked about this before. They used the same uh, what do you call it? Uh, casting agent. casting call. Well, what with the guy from Greatest American Hero? Yeah, he was. He him was and Mark Hamill. Him and Mark Hamill were up. And uh, Kurt Russell. Done, he probably would have done. Kurt Russell, I can't see. But the but if guy. you watch the old documentaries, you could see all those guys I, testing for it. It's very interesting to hmm. see Kurt Russell reading Luke's lines Luke, yeah. and everything. And they the from what I hear, the production company wasn't too keen on Han Solo or uh, Harrison Ford because he had only done American Graffiti and he was a carpenter. He had another job at the point. He wasn't technically an actor. Actor, but so. George Lucas, very smart, had him in there reading the lines during all the casting uh, call as Han Solo. Right. Uh, when it wasn't somebody else running it, when it was, when he was just running Luke's lines, so it, they, people got used to him being that character, and yeah, it went right down to William Cat and uh, Mark Hamill. Thankfully, Mark Hamill won it. Yeah, he's changed his awesome life. man. Changed his life, but he's done a lot of stuff. He since does a lot then, of voiceovers. Man. A lot of voice. He? he was a oh, Joker yeah. in the Batman animated series. It was one of his better things. He was the uh, cock knocker. Cock knocker, man. <laughs> <laughs> Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> uh, really great. But uh, <clears throat> every scene, they the John moon. Williams music. How tense it was! The scene where they were in the trash compactor and they were about to get squashed, mm-hmm. and Leia had this. Uh, Busted out is one of the galaxy's most badass characters too. It changed stuff for well, they, women characters. Oh yeah, absolutely. Everybody hadn't done a lot of the models. No. that they had that looked realistic. That looked good. Yeah, up until this point, really. And, and John Williams' well. music really brought this alive. Yeah, because oh, yeah. I tell you what, if you if that opening title sequence as a kid when it came up, yeah. and John Williams' music kicked in. Oh, I mean, it dun, made dun, you jump. It made that, that first yeah, note. But the, but the yeah. hair on the back of your neck. Yeah, still, yeah. you're like, even oh shit, about here right we now, go. Almost. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, it's like. No, and it's it's every time now. I mean, you know, I I didn't see the Han Solo yeah. solo movie, but I haven't seen but it. still, 
in the Star Wars universe yeah. before the movie, every time that comes up, and every time it's oh, yeah. just like people bring you, yeah, people you know, care. like. But I remember going to see. Um, so Mark Hamill got in a motorcycle accident. Yeah, right before, almost right died before uh, Jedi. Before Jedi came yeah. out, Jesus, it's, he had to go through some plastic surgery. They, yeah, they didn't, not only did they rough. didn't think he was going to live, they didn't think and he was going to look, look right afterwards. And he looked good. He looked good. He was. It, it, it worked it well for the worked character. Well, yeah, yeah. They, yeah. And uh, but I remember, I remember that movie vividly going to the. You went on a date. Uh, I remember you went on a yeah, date, me and that but I was room. there. Like further back, like five rows. It was one of those dates. Uh-huh. You're on a date because you can. We're all gonna drop you off and yeah. That, the whole theater was like that balcony one. That first yeah. showing we ever saw of it, they put us in the balcony in the front row. First oh, time we had awesome, ever been yeah. in a balcony, and it was amazing. And the really cold movie theater phenomenal. just flipped out like yep. half half the scenes. Yeah. yeah, it was exactly what you wanted. Exactly what they uh, you were expecting it was gonna be. But if you were around during 77 when you were watching this, this is, I mean, the term blockbuster was coined with Jaws because people were like wrapped around the block to stand in line for. Yeah, but, this was... but the first Star Wars, it was similar to that way where uh, they have scenes from that. Uh, they had the premiere at that man's Chinese theater mm-hmm. where they had people dressed up like stormtroopers uh, and, storm troopers, and they had mm-hmm. uh, Peter Mayhew there and all the other uh, different actors. So it was huge. And people didn't go see it just once. They saw it four or five times. And this changed people's like careers in and a minds. Brilliant stroke of of yeah. uh, contractual genius. Lucas decided to take a nearly a zero pay <clears throat> for directing and coming up with this movie. Mm. He asked that he has the exclusive rights to the merchandise. And in hindsight. And then even the deal he did with Kenner. Kenner would take 12% and he took 88% or something yeah. like that. Oh, wow. Can you imagine? I don't know how. I, I mean, personally, in the 80s, I probably spent $250, $300 on Star Wars But figures. before that, action figures weren't famous. They had Migos no. dolls, which were a whole different didn't thing. They, they weren't the three and a half. And uh, I was going to say, didn't. And, hard construction. Didn't they. What was that TV show that was on recently where they talked about the Kenner toys? Toys that made us. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. asked him. They're like, they're like, why did you come up with that size? And he just arbitrarily just yeah. come up with that size. They well, so they they had a mold for something already, and they were they had Buck Rogers ones, which had already come out, which were similar, but they weren't articulated really yeah. well, uh, like Star Wars figures were. And yeah, literally, he just did that with his hands, <coughs> and they said three and a half sounds about right. Well, let's do those. Yeah. It's huh. great. They had little weapons. They had the little holes in the bottom of your feet, like Legos. Oh yeah, put the bags yeah. in them. Yeah. I got them all in the stands right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, my Star Wars and my GI Joe collection are my two things that I like. I have every have Star Wars in a fire on the way out and, uh, the door. He's yeah, I get a bunch of. I'll just get a cat them and them the into a cat in one hand and Star Wars figures in the other. <laughs> yeah. Well, the GI Joes are ones are worth money, man. Yeah. Those GI Joes because they all have like ten different accessories, and if you have all the accessories on them and everything, it's just there's certain figures that, you're gonna get the uh, aircraft carrier or something. No, like no, I just am into the figures. I I don't like I like to keep things organized and small, and I don't want anything too huge. And How big clutterish. is that aircraft carrier? Like, oh, it's like a coffee table. It's like the table we're sitting at right now. It's huge. It's <laughs> biggest toy ever. Uh, biggest action figure playset ever created. I didn't know anybody that ever got it. Nah, didn't know anyone. It was rumored, but a lot. You of have the did. Millennium Falcon though. No, I have the AT AT. That's the oh, thing. I thought you that's had the, the Millennium. Big one. Oh, back in the day, yeah, I did. Not now. Oh, okay. yeah, not now. But I used to. All right. So Star we heard, Wars? So we heard Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> what do you got, Dave? All right. So I'm a big fan of, let me say this right so I don't offend anybody. Oh. I'm a big fan of, I was going to say Nazis, but. No. <laughs> I was a big fan of Nazi movies uh-huh. where Nazis are getting 
they're the, come up the just yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> and this movie was a great script and I, I mean, we watched this a lot until you hear like kids. the synopsis you don't even know the science fiction part of it's it, called really. boys from brazil hmm. and it stars sir lawrence olivier um gregory peck, gregory peck uh J- mason james mason james mason and what it is it's is a very fascinating Steve, it has the goot yeah, it's Gooper. Oh, nice. Yeah, Goot does a death scene in it, too. I don't know if Me you and ever Justin got were do... talking Goot-related stuff yeah. recently. <laughs> has the Goot. So, basically, um, so after, so once when the Nazi regime was crashing, a lot of the top um, people in the, the Nazi regime escaped in various means, and a lot of them were hit out in, like, Brazil, hit out in Argentina and Paraguay, mm-hmm. and uh, to escape... Um, being prosecuted yeah. by the Extradition Is- and, yeah. Israelis, and the Israelis are famous for having they call them Nazi hunters. They yeah. still have them. They oh, yeah. still, they. In fact, uh, yesterday, the one that was caught in Ohio, yeah, about, I was say he, there was one he just recently. died oh, okay. in Germany awaiting trial. Oh wow! And uh, he was just a guard, but they charged him with like three million counts of murder, yeah. or something like that. But anyways, this movie it starts out with the Goot is in Paraguay, and all of a sudden these Nazis are meeting, and they don't know why. He's listening in. He's trying to call um, Sir Lawrence Olivier's he character. He sneaks like a mic. Like yeah, he hides into the a, house. Has that little a, kid sneak a mic in yeah, there. Yeah, hides oh, wow. a mic so he can get a recording yeah. of what they're talking about. Oh, so shit. So I'll tell you what they were doing. You didn't know until halfway through or uh, even, even more than Three-fourths of the way through. They had but collect- it is the supernatural el- or yeah, the science They had collected element. some of uh, Hitler's DNA. Oh, fuck. And they were trying to clone Hitler. They had ninety-four different sets of parents with that had Hitler's DNA baby, yeah. and then they were trying to create all the different life scenarios around. So you had the boy that had Hitler's DNA, but then they wanted to do the behavioral thing. Like yeah, his dad was a civil servant. Yeah, so they only chose parents who yeah, to make him come up the same way. And they yeah. had to kill all the men at certain ages, at sixty-five. Yeah. They had to kill him unexpectedly so that his mother would dote on him and cause him to so rise. Crazy. Holy so fuck, my jaw is, is just dropped right now. Yeah, like, it's fascinating it's synopsis. It's fascinating synopsis of the movie. So Gutenberg finds out part of the plot, sends a lot of the information to <laughs> Sir Lawrence Olivier, who kind of blows him off, yeah, really. We should mention, Sir Lawrence Olivier is in the, Austria. He's he a Nazi is hunter. the Nazi hunter, the which is interesting because he played a Nazi in Marathon Man. That's right. And... The guy playing Joseph Mengele, who is the Nazi doctor in this movie, is Gregory Peck, who played Atticus Finch, the like most moral yeah. person yeah. in the world in right. The Kill a Mockingbird. So they kind of flipped characters. Yeah. You almost can imagine it the other way. Yeah. yeah. And they didn't. They Both did. of them were great. Yeah. They were, they, and they could have gone the other way, really. You could have put Sir yeah. in the other role. It would have been fine. And what's, this one, what's the name of this Boys movie? from Brazil. Boys from Brazil. Which and is a weird name for it, too. He can lend it to you. He's got it right there. Oh, nice. And uh, so it's it's basically... So he goes and visits one of the families. Because he's, he's trying to... He has his friend helping him try to find... He's trying to put it all together. Really. Trying to, well, he's yeah. trying to look for these... He found out about the... 65 year old uh the one of the dam no the but he found out that people were being killed at 65 yeah and he and they didn't even put it together at that point so he went to visit one of the families and you meet one of the kids 
uh-huh. you don't think anything of it because they haven't brought that element in yet. Yeah. Right. Until yeah. he goes and meets the next one, and you see the kid, and, and it exactly, looks exactly, exactly like oh, this other fucking that's kid. One's up. in Switzerland, the other one's in Canada or something. Yeah. To the point where he's amazing. He's like, do you like, know you, you have, have a twin? twin. Like, wow. He lives here. Of you. Yeah. And uh, so he finally goes and visits, um, and I can't remember the scientist, and he's famous. And that was he, a good scene, too. He goes and, it down. He goes and talks to him about cloning yeah. and how it was possible. And they possible. show the video and they, they show talk the rabbit. rabbits. He and had the rabbit. Yeah. He's like, I can inject the cells. And they showed up the microscopes. And Because the, we understand cloning in, in the yeah. 70s, it was like novel. You know? Right, oh, yeah. Man, this was very science they, fiction. There was the no 70s. dolly sheep yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. So <laughs> it all culminates to um, they're going to shut the program down. They try to kill Mengele. Yeah. But Mengele escapes and he wants to go and kill some of the fathers that hadn't been killed yet in order to keep the keep the thing going. So yeah. he shows up to that guy's house in like yeah. Newfoundland. He's scary in this movie. Gregory Peck is almost he's jet similar, black dyed hair. He's almost pulls in a performance that's similar to Daniel Day Lewis and There Will Be Blood. Yeah. That mm. really oh, yeah. intense yeah. he's in the room, everyone yeah. fucking shits this. Well, pants. I imagine that's the kind of aura yeah. that Mengele yeah, probably yeah. exuded because they showed him in his laboratory. They showed him giving the kid the blue eyes, the oh, one yeah. that got smuggled the radio device in. Yeah. They injected him with that stuff. Because they did Nazi experiments where they were trying to create the Aryan race from some of the from the people that they were experimenting on. And one of the experiments was they were trying to change people's eyes from brown and green to blue. Oh, wow. And they would end up injecting you. I mean, some of it's too much to talk about. but This all kind of came down to a scene that... As kids, me, Dave, and my oh, brother Matt, it was our always our why favorite I'm scene in this of movie. Those dogs to this very day. And you could tell tell us of that scene where he ends up showing up to one of the kids' house where his shows parents up are to be. the kids' house. The dad is home, um, not killed yet, not killed yet. So that's what he was he trying to do. He was kind of trying to bypass or try to get to him before he was killed. So um, Mangla ends up killing the dad. Mm-hmm. Then. Yeah, because he shows up. Then first. the other he guy shows up. He the shows up first. It's like a farmhouse. And kills the dad and locks him in the basement or his body in the basement or something. And uh, but then Sir Lawrence Olivier well, shows up. You should talk to him about uh, what was there at the house. That oh, Joseph. Begum. The guy was raising champion uh, Doberman pinchers. Oh wow. He had like eight in the house, but he had kennels with like fifty of them yeah. outside, and he had like ribbons all over the walls oh, and stuff. And these were some scary motherfucking dogs. Yeah. <laughs> and. The kid doesn't show up until both of them had already. So yeah. Lawrence Olivier shows up. But he remember, he, t- he tells him to, to put the dogs up. Like, uh-huh. I'm scared of dogs. That's I had right. an accident when I was younger. Please put the That's dogs right. away. Yeah. And he, so the dogs are behind closed doors. That's right. And he ends up killing the father. Once yeah, the do- kills he the, the father. So Lawrence Olivier shows up. The kid's up. not home yet. He's, he's, he's coming home, home from school. Uh-huh. And so they... They end up struggling, and then the dogs got out somehow. Oh! And I think Lawrence Olivier runs for the door and yeah. opens the door. And was and holding lets the them both in. at bay, so the kid just shows up to see two both bloody of them bleeding, <laughs> sitting across from each other on the couch, and then these the pitbulls and not pitbulls, the uh, Dobermans, and they these Dobermans they used were fucking trained. They got them to like like German, sit there and show German their phrases. Oh, that too. fucking scares uh, the like, shit out cut. of me right now. <laughs> but they all they only respond to, yeah. oh. they only respond to German uh like phrases and, and everything. Only I think done I might... by the kid and the father. Like, I... And the kid's smart. The kid's like these the dogs kid's wouldn't smart, have attacked but he's you also unless like happened. psychotic too. Right. Yeah. Like he was taking pictures of them bleeding. Fuck. Which but, is what Hitler was an artist too, yep. so you could tell that some of that Hitler stuff's That's already so going crazy. through. The, to him. The, his stories aren't matching up. The kid finally figures out that his dad's dead and that um, 
that uh, Mengele yeah, was Lawrence, the one Lawrence Olivier it. makes him come over there. He yeah. says, go check on your father. He killed your father. Mm-hmm. And then he freaks out. when he, Oh, he comes back over. He's like, Bounce! Or rouse oh, something yeah. in the dogs just rip his ass apart, yeah. and he's taking right for his yeah. And they did a oh. they they did a good job filming it for the oh, time. Yeah. And but then the kids like take remember he's taking pictures of the dead body, yeah. Like he was like super creepy, yeah. And then he goes to Cyril and Olivier. He's like, I could just leave here and you would bleed out and die. And he's like, <laughs> but then, damn. But then you get the sense that you know he's. He's already become Hitler, yeah. right? Like the next, and that's how the movie ends. So. Uh, oh no! So fa- shit. Yeah. so fantastic! Damn, man. it really dude. is like, one fuck. of those movies that nobody knows about, and it's uh, the script was great. And it, I think a lot of it is because of that title too. That title makes no sense other than I mean, it makes sense when you well, watch the movie because that's yeah. where the boys that's are. That's where the boys of, were the in the. the well, they, they were in the orphanage. In the orphanage, was in Brazil, yeah. and then remember they go see that one German lady in the yeah. in the in the uh, prison who would, she was in charge of adopting out the baby. Yeah. Apparently, this was the uh, our mom uh, suggested this book to our cousin Franny, who didn't read at all. Oh, really? uh, she tells me this that uh, she suggested to read uh, Boys from Brazil, and then he read Boys from Brazil, and uh, then all of a sudden he's obsessed with novels, and he, oh, that's where I was his stem. He gave up books forever. He, no, 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 that's where his, his love for uh, it reading me started. So much. <laughs> I, it's it's the book is by Ira Levin or something like that I want to say but it's a phenomenal movie try to look for it out there Boys from Brazil it's definitely one of those it's probably not easy to find those sci-fi movies that are a little bit more grounded but it's actually it's very sci-fi what they were doing especially back then yeah uh, so my next one and this is another one of those sci-fi elements that doesn't because you think sci-fi you you automatically think either space or kind of uh, like anything deeply rooted in science. Yeah, or yeah, like in the lab or something. Laser beams. The laser Laser beams. (laughs) (laughs) This next one. (laughs) This is probably the only. uh, No, I think Justin might have me beat on this one as a a horror sci-fi movie that's on here. I love this movie so friggin' much that I had to kind of toil with the idea of putting this with number one. But my number one, I, I I like a lot too and this was another one that uh, a recent remake of it put a bad taste in people's mouths and I wish they knew there was an original that was creepy as hell and really fucking cool was 1975's The Stepford Wives uh, now, so I've amazing. seen some of the remake horrible Which, it's a comedy it's a yeah, comedy yeah, 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 yeah. this is not a comedy there was no comedic element to no, that, I think to this original. none whatsoever mm. this movie reminded me of a lot of Rosemary's Baby wow in the way that uh I'm glad I did not like, you uh, know, like, hey, you want to watch the original Stepford yeah. Wives? I heard it's really well, funny. It, I already watched it. it. it almost, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like. To be honest with you, it's almost like they took Rosemary's Baby, took the satanic element out of it, but then crossed it with The Firm. The Firm makes me think of it, too, hmm. where there's uh, this couple moves into town and there's something major going into town and everyone's in on it except mm. for them. Uh-huh. And the guys in the town have to convince the husband to get on board with something that they're doing in this town that the Sounds wives like are not... Fuzz too. What, like, <laughs> but the, that the wives aren't privileged to, which kind of goes into the Rosemary's Baby thing where he ends that's up true. selling his wife out basically to get a better life for himself. And that's very similar to what happens on this. So I'm going to tell you straight up what's going on here because it's kind of the meat of the movie. But uh, they don't reveal what I'm telling you until they slowly reveal it through the movie is 
the guys in town have this men's club, you know, mm. and they go to the men's club and they just talk about what the women think they talk about. Men's stuff. Uh, men's stuff. But <laughs> when uh, when the Catherine Ross character, and if you've seen uh, Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid, she was a love interest in that. She also played the psychiatrist in Donnie Darko. Catherine Ross is really great. And uh, she might have been in uh, The Graduate also. I think that's who it was in The Graduate. Um but she moves to town with her husband, and she is unlike any of the other women in town. The other women in town just love to bake and to <laughs> take care of their take husbands. care of their husbands <laughs> and, and take care of the kids and look pretty and always pristine and and wear the proper outfits and stuff and do all the cooking and the uh, and the shopping and everything. And so she just comes into town and she immediately can't connect with any of these women. But one woman she does connect with is uh, a woman that's only been in town for like, uh, she's only been in town for I think three months and she's a very hippie and kind of free spirit and everything and they're so happy to meet each other. They're like, oh my God, finally, someone that's normal that I can talk to. Said we should start a women's club, you know, to go against the guys with the guys club and everything and they're they're meeting with the women and the women are so strange and they're almost at times like they bust into like a commercial. Uh, They (laughs) they start talking about cleaning and it says, have you used the new A Ajax, uh-huh. I cannot believe how white it gets my floors. That's <laughs> the way they're talking everything. And, the, and right. the other two women are looking at each other going, what the fuck right. is going on here? So, And there's other stuff that's weird going on with, with the guys. So they have the, the guys all over at the house. And there's one guy that's uh, always drawing the women. And it's the guy from Spies Like Us. Would you guys like to have a Pepsi? The guy with the white hair yeah. from Spies yeah, Like yeah. Us? He's the guy. So when he's at the house, he's always drawing... You see him drawing Catherine Ross and just drawing pictures of her every time they're around. And you've got this other guy that tells her that he's a linguist and that he's trying to start this database of words and accents and she has a good accent and everything. And she wants her to read words out of the dictionary just down the line. Huh. Like my word is my passport. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just basically down the line and record herself. And they were like, "Well, that seems like a lot of work." And she kind of blackmails them into, "Well, if you if you tell your wife to be part of our women's club, I'll, I'll do that for you, and I'll do that." And what you realize is the head of the men's club used to work for Disney. And here's the spoiler part of this: <laughs> is they've decided, and it takes four months to do it. Over four months, they're going to replicate the likeness of the uh, of one of the guy's wives. They're going to record her voice. Then they're going to kill her, and they're going to make a robot replica of her. Yeah. And it's going to be an exact replica of her that you can't tell the difference. But, but all the best parts. There's enhancements you can make. Yeah. Like at some point at the end when it gets kind of really scary, and Catherine yeah. Ross really knows something's fucked up. Yeah. Uh, and I'll get into what that is later. But they're basically making replicas of these guys' wives who are very subservient and uh, perfect in every way. It's mm-hmm. what they consider perfect. Right, and yeah. And uh, you don't realize how kind of fucked up and disturbing it is until she goes over to her friend, that f- that free-spirit hippie that's just like right there with her. Yeah. They see eye-to-eye with what's going on in town. And she walks in her house and her hairdo is like <laughs> uh, Mrs. Cleaver and yeah. she's got the apron on. <laughs> and she's like, whatever do you mean? Yeah, you know? it's and, like invasion of uh, body snatchers. Right. She's like, yeah. what happened to you? She And she's like, this is not you. And she gets caught in a loop. She's like, whatever do you mean? Yeah. And she goes backwards and she says, whatever do you mean? And you yeah. can tell there's something really going on. And at some point, Catherine Ross stabs her in the stomach uh-huh. with, a, uh, uh, with a big butcher's knife and pulls it out, no blood. Right. And uh, 
then the uh, the character that was the robot takes the knife. He's why would you do that? And mm-hmm. then she keeps repeating it. Why would you do that? Oh wow! And so at that point, she knows I gotta get the fuck out of here. Yeah. She goes and sees her own psychiatrist, and the psychiatrist says, "Get your kids and get the hell out, man. Call me when. Just drive anywhere and call me when you get there and everything." Yeah. So she goes home to get her kids, and that's where. It, it all kept, goes down. You should have done it the day before. Because, yeah. uh, or just abandon those kids. She has to like <laughs> beat the hell out of her husband to get out of there. And she finds out where her she thinks her kids are, and it's at the men's club. So she has oh, to go wow. to the men's club, and she hears her kids calling for her. And she gets upstairs, and she goes into the room where the, she hears her kids calling. And it's the guy that used to work for Disney and everything. And he switches off a recording, which was oh, his kids' screams. Fuck. And he says, it's just better if you get on board. I think yeah. you have a bad uh, look at us. And she turns to the right. And she sees her at a makeup table brushing her hair, but uh-huh. she's got solid black eyes, and like her boobs are like four times the size, and she's oh, wearing gosh. this sheer thing. And you realize at that point, she starts coming at her with like this thing to choke her to death. Yeah. And at that point, you realize, oh my god, they're using the new robots mm-hmm. to kill the old wives that are getting replaced by these robots. Wow. <laughs> which is really fucked up. And then the movie ends on a really down note. I'll, I've spoiled it this far. I might as well go to the yeah, end. Yeah, go for it. And uh, you get to see the, there's this great long tracking shot through the grocery store. And each of the wives are greeting each other with their nice, prim, uh, proper outfits on mm-hmm. and everything. And it comes all the way down to the different aisles and it ends with Catherine Ross dressed that way looking that way looking perfect and everything and boom you realize wow they got them they the got towns, her. Wow. the town's taken over man that's so, crazy yeah it, it's it's a wild sci-fi movie that really got uh, ruined because of a shitty ass uh remake and the remake <laughs> wasn't completely horrible but if you were a fan of the original it was. well yeah and that's the thing because you had, you had uh, christopher walken in it you had ben yeah, midler you had right. there's some fun stuff matthew <laughs> broderick matthew broderick there was some fun Can't stuff to yeah. it but Overall, yeah. now, yeah, right, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't know what that movie was if yeah. they didn't have for the remake. It's you true. know, but uh, but go back and check it out. It's it's very hard to watch. Then again, I saw it playing on cable the other day. It was weird. Oh, nice. Uh, so number ones. All right. One more time around. So, um, not going to joke around with this one. It's huge. It's Alien. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of it. Yeah. Oh, right. Ridley Scott. Essential sci-fi movie oh absolutely yeah this is where everybody's top five probably yeah there wasn't really a really horrifying movie in space until this movie this what was the tagline in space no one can hear you scream oh man and that's true that's true yeah true in the woods except for that person next to you who's louder than you are So yeah, tell us a little about this uh, great cast and uh, so yeah, spawned I mean, a franchise. Ooh, a man, still going on. Yeah, man. a ton of them branched out into the uh, Prometheus in and the, in Alien the, and Predator yeah, and Prometheus for um, sure. Yeah, I was telling Paul just quick side note. Um, family Guy. No, no, not a Family Guy. Gotcha. Um, no, they did a Family Guy with. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure they probably the did. Spaceballs. Space yeah, Spaceballs. yeah. Oh, <laughs> he had the special. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, Hello, but I, my darling. Hello. It, was, <laughs> it wasn't John Hurt in there. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Um, no, I saw this uh, YouTube video the other day, and this guy like broke down the entire Alien and Predator timeline all together mm-hmm. and everything. It was pretty interesting. Um, but this was the beginning of it all, and it was uh, Sigourney Weaver, Tom Skerritt, John Hurt, uh, um, Yafet Kodo. Man, he was great. Um, yeah, Mosley. 
I was like, I'm open. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Dean Stanton. Oh, he's um, so great, man. Ian Holm. Veronica Cartwright. Veronica Cartwright. She, she was has huge that, in a lot of these movies. Doesn't she man. have that iconic line? When iconic. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Yeah, and uh, so they they work for a scavenging company, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, miners. salvage. Yeah, it's miners salvage. Yeah, um, and yeah. I mean, it's, it starts off space. pretty innocuous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I should add that part. Yeah. Um, and they are traveling there, but they were the, the look of this was what was great about it too, because they were like blue collared workers. Yeah, everything yeah, was absolutely. dirty. Yeah. Were, things were steamy. they were intelligent. No, like, they were they were a construction. Were, yeah. But even the yeah, even the construction. I mean the uh, like set design. Yeah, you know it was, it was dark and very wet. dark and wet and steamy. <coughs> yeah, they weren't it, scientists. It, no, it wasn't. You know, this wasn't like, Solaris. Wasn't two thousand and one, which yeah. didn't add on this either, uh, or like any of these prim and proper pristine sci-fi movies. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Um, and so I, I'm. Let's see. Please correct me if I'm wrong. So they're all asleep basically because they're traveling and they receive well, they have, yeah. a distress call, yeah. right? Yeah. And they have a clause in their contract that says if they pick up any they're sign, not alien they're life. They're not sleeping though. This is a, that's the that's two. That's two where they're, they're sleeping. sleeping. Oh, okay. They're, they this, get it while they they're just, awake. They, and they're they doing hear the. I got you. And they they get a bonus. And yeah, the other pissed, they, remember, yeah, they wanted to hold out. Dean, too. Harry Dean Stanton were like, we're this is bullshit. We weren't contracted to be rescuers and everything. Yeah, and right. they, are they going to pay us time and a half? Or yeah. what's, if the money's right, I mean, we'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, Scorning like Weaver's was like, labor, you'll get what's coming to you. Don't it's worry. It's like a labor. Yeah, you got what he's coming to you. Yeah, oh, There's man. a labor dispute up. And, and I mean, you, had, we, you take for granted when you watch this, you didn't know. You didn't know anything about the alien universe. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, By the time no. you watch two, you've already you already know. Right. Yeah. Like this no, is, the, the scene, yeah. the chest bursting scene, oh. left oh, field man. is not even, even with close the, to it. Even when he goes, even when the thing attached itself. Oh to yeah. yeah. Oh Absolutely. man. That's that, that still freaks me the fuck out today. Him, you know. I yeah. Mean, it's, yeah. Uh, throat rapes him. <laughs> alien rape. Get off me. But that. <laughs> I don't know why I, the creature, you know, I don't. It kind of reminds me a lot of the Kurt Russell. The snow movie, the thing, the thing, yeah. Yeah. The thing like it had that kind of like. Well, yeah. once you're impregnated, you don't know you're infected. Yeah. You know, you, everyone looks normal. Yeah. I mean, not until the third one did you, where they were running you through machines to be yeah. able to tell you that well, you had something inside you. Yeah. Like it attached to his face, but then like two days later, it just fell off. Yeah. yeah. And he so was like, when they were, everything died. was fine. He's I like, remember oh, trying to take it off. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, Whenever they moved it, it would tighten around Strangle his throat. And, and then when they cut into it, yeah. what happened? Acid for blood, man. Not, not, oh, man. Oh, it was going through the, through the deck. Yeah. started going all, through it, deck it one, deck two. It went down like to 14 yeah. or something yeah. like it that. It went down like, pretty far, and then they were like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we ain't touching that thing again. Yeah, and, and uh, Yafai Koto, why don't they freeze him? You know, which is which is a great element. True, yeah. That they don't really go into these movies, but it's an element they throw out that is a possibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm surprised they haven't used. I mean, cryo sleep. Maybe that's what he's talking yeah. about. Yeah, I don't know. Nah, Paul Rise hasn't showed up yet. That's no, it. No, that's yeah. aliens. I know. Yeah. I know. He was <laughs> the asshole yet. from the company. Oh, yeah, yeah. And this one, it was one of the robots that we didn't know was a robot. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know that was uh, that was, was also great. something that's further was always right? in an alien. The Lord element, of the Rings though. dude. Yeah, Ian Holm. Ian Holm. And uh, not until that happens, that's another one of those shock things. Yeah. In the other movies, you knew there was a robot there someplace. Right. Although number. Four kind of threw me for a loop uh, when, what, uh, 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 when Winona, when Winona no, I, turned out to be the robot. I, I assume there was a robot there. It, it came 
it was a surprise of who it was, but you kind of know there's a robot someplace. That's true. Yeah, because you knew Bishop from number two, Lance Henriksen was the robot. Then you've got Michael Fassbender, who plays a great character of David in Prometheus and in the yeah, he is really uh, the other Alien that. movie, yeah. which I didn't yeah. care for, but I loved him in it. He's great. But uh, yeah, at some point, so no way, it just falls off. Was Lance Henriksen wasn't in the not, first no, one? no, he wasn't. Yeah, in yeah, the, yeah, he okay, was Bishop okay. in the second one. Yeah, yeah. Remember, okay, she right. didn't want to go back because she didn't want to go with a. Because he at home attacks her at some yeah. point. She uh, was afraid of the synthetics. Oh, that's right. This was yeah, also okay. the, uh, the first time you realized that these androids were, for the most part, always over com- company more than... Uh, yeah. They yeah. had a little yeah. bit of crew. Yeah. Yeah. They held the company line pretty good. Yeah. Remember, pretty she good. had read that on the yeah. screen, that, like, crew expendable. Like, right, yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's when he flipped out on her. Yeah. But yeah, go back to where it fell off his face, you know? Well, yeah, Space so, hugger. yeah, and uh, eventually, you know, he wakes up, and everybody's like, oh, good, you're okay, everything's fine. Let's have fine. a celebratory dinner. Yeah, right, before, before they were, we're going to go to sleep. Yeah, they were yeah, going to go to sleep we're and gonna, go back. Yep. And, and, and if they had gone to sleep right away, it, it, it would have went back to the company. Yeah, see, I wonder, would, it, would they have been it in, like, cryosleep, or would it have been it in just popped out of there? It, well, well, the company didn't care. They just wanted to get an alien. Yeah. So they could use it for their evilness. One it's hard to another. say because, you know, uh, uh, Hicks and uh, what's-her-name died in cryo she- uh, sleep. But that was because it was in... the crash. But, uh, I think the crash killed them. Uh, that's More. right. The crash killed them, but it uh, impregnated her, remember? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, just, uh, just a good little question there. <laughs> we'll never know that. Yeah, damn it. Answer. So he starts flipping out yeah. on that oh dinner table. Oh my gosh, man. dude. They all hold him down. They put the, the fork in his mouth thinking, where, where think the worst thing that could possibly happen is he's going to bite his tongue. Yeah. <laughs> Little do they know there's something shocking about to burst out of his chest. And, oh, uh, man. Horrible. Iconic ha- scene. Hor- probably scene, one of the most iconic oh my God. sci-fi yeah. scenes. <laughs> of the thing bursting out of his chest. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Really, really great, man. And then to realize the growth spurt of it yeah. was pretty fast. Shit, that thing was full flip in like yep. a couple hours like. and it, then it became a balls out kind of we have to find him it's like losing that roach in your house and knowing you have to find him you <laughs> you're pulling everything apart I don't think yeah. I couldn't go to sleep then yeah. <laughs> my, my favorite one of my favorite scenes and if I had to pick up top 10 uh, we'll have to have pods where we're going to do specific scenes mm-hmm. one of my top 10 horror tent scenes was Tom Skerritt yeah. walking through the decks yeah. with them the and blinking just, thing and them telling her yep. it's right in front of you it's right in front of you get the hell out of there get yeah. the hell, let's get that out of there Harry then Dean's, turns and the like, Harry Dean Stanton scene that scene was, really was good. one that I really liked because he was trying to find the cat the cat yep. yeah and listen to your animals yeah and he bumped into the chain mm-hmm. and then he kind of turned around and I do like the fact that the that it was so dirty and wet and yeah. it kind of mirrored the creature itself yeah. really yeah it did yeah. Now I'm trying to remember. There's a very iconic scene that, and it happens in almost all of them. But I think it's game pro- over, man. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's probably in two though, because I don't think they really show that much of the alien in the first one. I think the one where it well, jumps only out. One of them, first of all. Yeah. Right. I, I think that it, when it jumps out to get Tom yeah. Skerritt, that's like the only time you really see the full the fledged full, alien, right? Well, till the end. There's so the end, you see a lot. So you what's so what's the part where Ripley's up against? the wall and the alien is looking down at her and like slowly takes out its second teeth to like that was in three well when she when he she 
it knew you're talking she about was it pregnant. like right up against Maybe her that's face. what yeah. She knew yeah, yeah, she knew it was pregnant. Okay. And that's right. why it didn't attack her. That's all right. Okay. Yeah, that's just one of my like most uh, favorite scenes. Well, the the end of Alien where uh she gets on the escape pod. She's yeah. she's, she's all the way uh ready to take off and doesn't realize that it's in there with her. Right, and, yeah. and that's when she has to hide basically in the closet mm-hmm. and get her suit on in the closet, really tight uh, quarters. Launch it out. Uh, launch it out, man. Yeah. You really got to see it, man. It was like one of those last big scares yeah. when he, she had to shoot her out of there. But uh, just, you know, just like uh, most of the ones on my list, you know, well, two, three out of the five, like each one of these started its own genre. Oh, yeah. You know, Whole universe. And, yeah. We started all of these movies. Yeah. My question is, what's up with you, Soylent Green? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dave, you got a franchise movie here? I do not. Yeah. In fact, I have a movie that a lot of people can't watch. Oh, really? wow. Uh, and oh. this is this is a second movie. Remember I said early on, Slaughterhouse-Five, I watched on Laserdisc at yeah. college. Mm. This is another movie I watched on Laserdisc at college. And I also took a film class at the college and had to write a paper about a movie and about kind of symbolism. They chose this used, for you, you chose I chose this because mm. I had seen it there. I was going to say, they wouldn't have chose this for people. No. <laughs> in fact, yeah, it's got a lot of thematic elements in it that are difficult to watch. Mm-hmm. And I, I used those elements... And I'll talk about what I wrote. But uh, this is, is called uh, Clockwork Orange. Ah, uh, okay. And it's uh, by Kubrick, Kubrick, one of my favorite directors. Somebody, Kubrick doesn't do anything in a movie without that he hasn't thought about it a thousand times. Mm-hmm. He doesn't just throw anything in a movie. Yeah. Like every single thing is done. He does 50, for a 60 reason. takes. takes yeah. and thought out to like probably neurotic proportions. This was based on a book, the Anthony Burgess book, A Clockwork Orange. And if you read this book, this is a very difficult book to read. It's in like Scottish slang so much that there's a glossary in the back. I remember for, you saying for that. For terms before, yeah. to be able to figure out what That's the hell so they're fucking talking crazy. About. There so, was a glossary in the DVD. I, I would have to imagine. when I bought the DVD. Yeah, wow. That, I would have to imagine that. This was more Kubrick than Burgess because Bur- usually when Kubrick gets a hold of something, he takes the elements from the source material and he just completely makes it. Well, his own. when I'm when I'm talking about elements, here's what I mean. Like, so there's there's it's basically the main character, which is uh, what's his name, uh, Malcolm McDowell. Malcolm McDowell, really good, and uh, he is in. It, it appears to be like London, South London. Yeah, he's in a gang. It's very futuristic mixed in with like normal time. Yeah. Like everybody's dressed futuristically. Um, the bar they go to was really weird. Remember, it was like that hallucinogenic milk bar. The milk bar, that yeah. It had like the mannequins that like the milk came out of their nipples when you pulled a lever. <laughs> you seen this? I So I was I just didn't want to interrupt him because he was explaining. Um, Give me nightmares. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I remember seeing this when I was young, but I never watched this the whole... This will affect you when you watch it. Yeah, I, I, I didn't watch past the scene where they broke into the people's house because okay. I, I was young enough and that I was And that's the like, scene which gets a lot of people. So this movie is very... It's very bad to win. To be able to tell the story, though, you, you have couldn't do to... this movie now. I don't think. No, I don't think so. Because mm-hmm. there's but a to lot be able of to tell the story the way the script works. You have to show him as a horrible person at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. And so basically, so when I'm when I'm talking the elements that I I you had to talk about the movie from a cinematic standpoint, and I said here's what Kubrick did, like to detach you from the first rape scene, he showed a girl being raped on a theater stage. From, from way long shot uh-huh. with classic music and her movements were very 
dance like almost like a performance. Yeah. Uh-huh. And almost so, like she was in on it, but yeah, she wasn't. She wasn't, but they were tossing her back and forth, and she was doing these big stage performance movements with her arms, and then you know the fight between the two gangs break she out. She gets away, and she gets away. That's what the so that was his first way of introducing you to the violence. Uh-huh. But you're kind also of desensitizing it, you a little bit. Besides the uh, the uh, the rape, though, you're seeing him do stuff to the homeless guys. Yeah, and he's doing. They're just randomly beating and doing hooligan type stuff, robbing and stealing and anything they can. Right. Yeah, and steal a car, take it. We don't they, care. No, they yeah. went that crazy joyride. They had that look yep. like a Ferrari. Oh, or great something shot angle of him yeah. doing that ride. This is very. Stylistic. Stylistic yeah. is probably the key word to a clockwork. But where the movie turns and what kind of turns a lot of people off is that scene that you watched it up to. He breaks into the couple's house pretending like he's hurt on the road. Yeah. Uh-huh. And he puts on that crazy diversion. You get the impression he's they've probably done this ten times. Yeah. Right. Like the, he had that mask with the big yeah. nose. That Cyrano Bernard and so, yeah. yeah. So he ends up raping the woman in the house, but they showed it. The camera was like in her face. Uh-huh. And they... He did it to like singing in the rain, and this was blatant, full frontal nudity, which you weren't yeah. usually used to this much. That not in a porno, right? Like how they got an R rating for this movie and it's not unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Uh-huh. I mean, I don't know how they did. Probably because it was based on a classic novel. Maybe I don't know. Uh-huh. So they follow the leader of the gang, Malcolm McDowell. He's got a bunch of cronies, but he's the leader, right? So basically, he thinks the other. People are kind of like plot. He thinks they're plotting against him, or he's they're not doing what he says. He's got that one guy. Was it Lump? Not Lump. Yeah, something like that. And he's kind of like, he's one that just he's repeats. like the meathead. He's the know? meathead. So one great shot of a iconic slow motion shot of them walking next to the river. Remember, yeah. he takes his cane and pulls the knife out of the cane and like cuts the one guy's hand and pushes him in the water. Oh shit! And so basically to remind the gang that he was in charge. Right. Yeah. So, they're not having it. Yeah, they end up. He ends up. They end up going on another night raid. Remember the woman that had the, the dick statue yeah, yeah. in the house. It was they had so the weird. costumes and the weird shit in this movie is too weird to even explain. Uh huh. And the lady was He's got like, the sexual, like palpableness of like eyes wide shut. Yeah, but it's got the weirdness of this, something on its so, own. That's I mean the sci fi part was all just the weird shit was going on, mm. and uh, yeah. so. They basically, he's fighting with this woman and he fucking kills her with the big giant porcelain dick. And then his mates, like, sabotage it so that he's still at the scene when the cops show up. Oh, fuck. And then the movie takes a... It's like a totally different movie. Yeah, the movie ends some, him some being people, a hooligan. If you're hard, if you're if you never even get to with that. the with the scenes that before it, you could jump halfway through the movie. And, and you wouldn't know any different. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so basically, he gets arrested, he goes through trial, he's found guilty... And I just remember, I don't know why, but when him just showing up to the prison at the beginning, it was kind of crazy just watching him do all the little things with him checking him into the prison. And they had like really, really strict rules Uh to the prison. But then he gets chosen for an experimental procedure that this one doctor thinks that is where can, the sci-fi comes in yeah. well he almost gets converted in prison remember the one guy yeah. teaches him the bible and he's reading the bible and he's yeah. becoming a model inmate he gets selected for this program they think they can like like push the violence out of him by a combination of drugs mixed with therapy with exposure therapy so they have uh they have him they pin his eyes open, that iconic really shot. Really creepy, creepy right. shot. With, with these like metal things. Yeah. And then they flash the most horrific scenes. They have some person right next to him with eye drops. violence. Wow. Yeah. his eyes dry. They Ugh. flash the most. 
and they take the music of his favorite was Mozart was his yeah. favorite, and they play Beethoven's Ninth No Mozart's Ninth Symphony or Beethoven's the Leon yeah <laughs> and uh, so they they play the music and so now the music is a trigger for the violence which they give him the drug and he gets sick to and his it's stomach. sex too it's like also yeah, sex, sex and, and violence, violence. Mm-hmm. and so when he sees it he gets sick to his stomach and my favorite scene in this whole movie is when he, they're demonstrating it oh yeah to the he want they want to show a peer review to all the other scientists that they work uh-huh. so they got everybody in a theater and they bring him out on stage and then they bring this naked woman beautiful naked woman out and he like goes to touch her yeah. and he's like oh it's oh. like intestinal gets, problems gets, intestinal pain he gets oh, sick to his stomach man. then they bring out another a guy a dude and he like bitch slaps him to the ground and makes him lick his shoe remember yep and you can't like, do this anything this is something violent. that the other guy knowing what you've watched from the first half of the right. movie the way they set it up is yeah. they're like this. but the bookend the way it kind of bookends yeah. because they release him back into society oh, yeah. yep. but he, he is not equipped to be able to handle the horrors of society no. and he runs into these people a lot of them the same characters well, his, that he, he runs into his in two mates uh, that was the best and they part. were cops they became now. cops oh and he and couldn't they, fight back he dragged him out to the member they dragged yep. his ass out to the middle of the woods and were like dunking his head in the in the water in, in the, the water and or something beat yeah. the fuck out of him oh yeah and uh it's crazy. It's a crazy. He goes through nuts. a whole bunch like he wasn't getting society. So something happened. He, I remember he ended up in the hospital. I think I can't remember exactly. Tries to kill himself. Oh, that's he? right. He tries to kill himself. He, he got and then he ends up getting like in, in a full cast body from cast. like the body down, and they're feeding him dinners. And they were like, "We realized that exposure therapy was the wrong thing, so we're gonna be go right by you this time." And yeah, everything. And they do that like, wonderful scene hell? at the end where they show like. Another rape scene. I mean, it's wonderful, but they show it. And remember, he was back kind of to his old ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but the the crazy thing about this movie, which is weird to get used to, is the language that they use. Uh-huh. Like, it's all like almost like Cockney. Yeah. Almost look. It almost like watching the whole movie of just Brad Pitt's character. Right. Yeah. Snatched. That's what I kind <laughs> like, of imagine. Yeah. What the fuck is he saying? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's very stylistic. Yeah. You have to put yeah, subtitles dad. on and it still just says yeah. like gibberish. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it does have good elements in it. It really is demeaning to women in a lot of ways. But they're making a point of the kind of what's going on in society and him trying to alter his views to it. So it is... I wouldn't say it's frivolously put in there. It's put in there for a specific it reason. Is. Unlike a lot of movies where they'll just throw a rape scene in there for something. Yeah. Uh, this right. it's it's very interesting because you've got all these different elements that all come together to make this very interesting kind of movie that the look of it, the sound of it, the dialogue in it, uh, and then all the kind of difficult yeah. elements to watch, some of them satisfying, some of them not so satisfying. It's very Kubrick, man. I mean, it's one of those movies everyone should check out at least once. You, if you want to do drugs to it, that's your choice. <laughs> We're not yeah. saying it won't be I, any better. I, I would say <laughs> probably will. I would suggest make sure you're a pro. But it's like <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's like a combination of of classic music and then that that really drony seventies moog yeah. keyboard sounds mm. too. Uh huh. It's just crazy. Well, here's another uh, movie that's got great music, and this will be our final one here. And I know this is one that me and Dave like. And and surprisingly, I would welcome a remake of this. I love the original. Doesn't bother me. Doesn't bother me. Well, it would have to. It would. 
Yeah. As much they'd have to be. They could do major stuff in it that they weren't able to do in this yeah. because this was 1976, and the, and the special effects in this movie were very very low low key. Mm. But the story was and the idea around it was super great, and I loved it. And I watched this since I was young. We mentioned earlier there was a movie that's probably got 15 to 20 scenes of uh, just regular nudity in, in this PG movie. <laughs> At where, least. Uh, because in the future, apparently, you don't wear bras. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> you wear lace see-through tops. So this yeah. is 1976 Logan's Run. Uh. Watch this a lot of times, man. I've probably seen it 30 times. It was one of my father's favorite movies. Uh, let me, is this Basil? I thought, uh, yeah, I thought he was going to say like Barbarella. No, another one. Uh, But what's going on is in the future, these people are living in a dome, and it's a lot of young people because Mm -hmm. everyone has this jewel in their hands, which basically is your life clock. And when you get, no one in the dome is above age thirty. When you're up, when you reach your thirtieth birthday, there's a ceremony yeah. called carousel, which you willingly go in there because you think that it just you you get part of the cycle and you'll get reborn because there's babies and they're getting the jewels in their hands. Uh-huh. So you basically are going into a mass suicide at the age thirty. Oh wow! And everyone knows their age. Uh, Logan, played by the great uh, shit. Twins bezel. Yeah, twins bezel. <laughs> bezel expedition. Uh, he, uh, damn, man, it's not coming to me. He's really Michael. In this. Michael York. Sorry. Uh, Michael York p- plays Logan 5. Logan, uh, everyone's got numbers and stuff like that. And he's a Sandman, is what he's called. And basically, he's one of the police force within the dome. Enforcement mm-hmm. agency. And the enforcement <laughs> agency, yeah. So what has to happen is he's got people trying to run who understandably do not want to kill themselves in carousel right if you try to escape the parameters of the dome and there's almost like a dome within the dome no one's going to crack the shell as far as they know that no one's gone that far yeah but uh there are people living right on the outskirts and everything and so when somebody runs he gets a notification it comes across his like walkie-talkie and Mm. he's got to be the go police and gets to eliminate them and when he shoots them with their gun they end up basically turning to dust oh wow so there but this world they're living in everyone's young sex is super important encouraged. and encouraged and everyone is having sex all the time and they're just living it up like anyone like under 30 Gamora, under 30 would be <laughs> and they're having a great time and no one seems to look bad at carousel it's like oh we just get, we get to, to do this again we just, just do this again that lifeline that has counted down is uh in the color coding they do and everything well what happens is he gets it, and he's got a best friend that he's like really close friends with. And the only thing I know him from is the guy from Hot for October. You lost another sub. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that guy yeah, 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 when he was young was this yeah. guy. I uh, have seen him in other stuff. Yep. Yeah. So they call Michael York up. Yeah, it's Richard Jordan. Yeah, he's been in a bunch of different stuff. But uh, in uh, so what happens is Logan gets a call from the higher ups, and he gets brought into the other room, and they say what's going on is a lot of. Uh, they're basically telling him that the revival thing that's going on is not actually happening. And there's been in the last three years, there's been like 1300 people that have gotten out of the, uh, out of the barrier in the dome. And he's like, how is that possible? How, how are they, uh, not kind of, uh, been renewed by now or the people that have been killed are, uh, literally dead and not coming back so what he wants to do is they give him a mission they want him to go outside the dome 
and they think there's a sanctuary there that's hiding people mm-hmm. and uh, he wants to bring them back or just report back to what he finds outside the dome. Uh-huh. Instead, in order to do that, they got to take all his lives away and it, they got to make it appear like he's a runner. Oh, shit. And so his own people are going to be hunting him. And uh, he, uh, they tell him to put his hands on the thing and all of a sudden he looks up and his, his lifeline is blinking. And his first thing is i i got four years left I, i'm gonna get them back when i come back right, right? yeah and they're absolutely. not answering his question oh fuck and he that. asks like two or three times yeah. hey what's going on yeah and they were like this is your mission you gotta go and so oh, he ends wow. up befriending this uh this really great uh girl in this that he sees the symbol around her neck which they give him a similar symbol they think this could connect him to where sanctuary is outside uh-huh. so he connects it to her and her name is jenny uh Agator. And we know her from, uh, she was in Marvel uh, Civil War. She was the one that uh, that Black Widow was disguising herself as, the oh, senator yeah. that did yeah, all yeah, the yeah. ass kicking yeah, yeah, and everything. Yeah. That's her when oh, she wow. was older. She uh-huh. still looks really great. And when she was younger, and like I said, no one wears bras in this. There's several <laughs> scenes where she's taking off her clothes and she's putting them back on and everything. And like I said, it's weird. It's a PG it's movie. It's good find as a 14 It's good find fun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, what, uh, he gets... Best... Uh, Movie ever. <laughs> <laughs> 14 year old David. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the first thing he gets hold of her, and his friend wants to know what the hell's going on, and he ends up getting hunted by his friend. So you basically you're seeing Logan go from the different areas of the dome. At first, he's got to go get a face transplant, which apparently oh, people shit. do all the time. And he shows up there, and Farrah Fawcett is the secretary. Really? <laughs> and says, oh, you should get someone with long hair and this and that. You realize that they're cl- uh, changing his complete head. Oh, wow. Basically, so he uh, gets on the table to do it, and they get a phone call from the higher-ups yeah. saying, uh, you can't let him go. And they set that machine off that starts lasers, start going all around and cutting his face, and he ends up escaping from oh, there, fuck. and the whole place ends up blowing up. Oh, shit. But it goes down to this really great scene when he... There's two really great uh, moments in the film. Uh, one of them is where he reaches just to the edge of the dome, and it's like this frozen tundra area. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. And uh, he gets there with the gir- uh, with his, uh, his partner, the girl, and then all of a sudden, the cheesiest-looking robot comes up. He's got a great <laughs> voice. It's like uh, this really cool voice. It's no John but Number 5. he takes him in the other room, <laughs> and he explains to them that there really isn't any sanctuary, and everyone that has come there, he's just frozen in ice. And they show this long row of these completely naked people uh, frozen in the ice. What? And they turn around, and he's got, like, two swords and fucking futuristic weapons, and he's going to take them out. He's, like, the easiest person to give a slip to. He's, like... Dips in <laughs> below, the yeah. it's like super slow. Yeah. So they end up getting through the dome, and they get outside, and you realize that it looks normal outside. Like uh, it's almost like the village. Yeah. You know, right. uh, yeah, no, yeah, when, yeah. when she gets outside, uh, there was no it, it's need overrun. for this place at all. It's overrun. Right, yeah. You could tell he's in Washington because he comes up to the Washington Memorial, and he's looking at the Washington Memorial, and they were like, "What is this? Are what these the giants?" Fuck? Yeah. My favorite scene from the whole movie is they've never seen uh, animals whatsoever uh-huh. right and a cat jump, runs right in front of them and they're like whoa what the hell is that <laughs> but even better than that they're sitting on a big rock and they're like this is the outside this is crazy I, the, we can breathe they're looking at all the flowers they're looking at everything and a lizard crawls up this big gecko crawls up like her skirt and she jumps up
up and she has one of my favorite lines where she's like, <laughs> I hate outside. I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. They yeah. come across like the big uh, museum there or library there in Washington, mm-hmm. I guess. And they go inside and it's nothing but populated with cats. There's cats everywhere. And there must have been like 300 of them. But it's not just a cat. There's one guy there, one really old yeah. guy. And they've never even seen an old person in their yeah. life. And this guy's like, it's Peter Ustinov, yeah. who's super famous. He was in, uh, uh, what, Spartacus. And he was the voice in uh, the Robin Hood Disney movie. So he's been around for a while. And he's super old. And they're like touching his face. And can we feel the lines in your face and everything? Well, we got to bring you back to the dome. These people have not seen it. We got to let them know that there is something else up here. We don't have to participate in Carousel and everything. Right, so yeah. he's got to make the journey back there and convince them. It's, it's a fantastic movie, man. They it's very like, they epic. They try to shut the uh, ceremonies going on when they yeah. get back, don't they? Yeah. That, and he, he's like, screaming. It's like, and we everybody's outside. Gleeful it's, it's, about yeah, it. he's so happy. And they're like, you don't understand. You don't have to kill yourself. And they're just like blow it off and they go back yes we yeah. do they parried this Fucking in uh idiots. remember they parried this uh in a uh, family guide episode oh, yeah. where brian's running with the jewel in his hand like from logan's run huh. and he's like and they're bringing him to the carousel and everything and he's wait wait i'm only like 20 i'm only like three years old oh, or, no or uh, like four years old which would have been 28 yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome yeah so it's one of those jim kata type things that yeah. unless you knew logan's run that's but great the I loved it for everything I've talked about, but the it's super dated and super cheesy. But that's some of the stuff I like about it. So I can nudity believe. Still works. Oh yeah, that's what, <laughs> it. Really works because you watched it when you were younger and you were like, "Oh, this is awesome." Uh, but the uh, this could be remade. It could oh, be man. reamed yeah. in some really that major sui- special. That gleefully fashion. going into suicide is kind of a really like warped concept. Yeah, like, I mean. Yeah. That, that, Captured also in Soylent Green, so it's really interesting um, stuff. But yeah, go back and watch Logan's Run. It's fantastic for uh, many different reasons. Uh, but not to mention the fact that it's just a good story that will one day be remade into mm. something. And they could do a good job. We with should it. do it. So yeah, I'll do my Logan's Run. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's 70s uh, sci fi, man. We're going for a while here, so we gave you a little extra for your money, listeners. <laughs> do, I, do I get paid extra? Yeah, yeah we'll work that out. <laughs> So, yeah, I think that'll do it for 70s sci-fi. We'll definitely uh, do more sci-fi and more 70s films in the future. I think we have our actors pod coming up next week, and I'll, I'll give a spoiler. Uh, why don't you give our favorite – give a give a line from a movie from uh, the actor without actually saying his name. A movie without an actor <laughs> of what we're going to do. It was a drive-by fruiting yeah. here. <laughs> Deary. We got the same squinty eye. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, now i got to come up with a good one. Yeah. Uh, let me think. Uh, it's an eclectic of dance. We got fussy, fussy, fussy. Yeah. <laughs> Madonna. Madonna. Yeah. Madonna. <laughs> Pierce the toast. Yeah. Yeah. Pierce the toast. <laughs> yeah. Smear. Real smear. men smear. smear. I just didn't know John Wayne walked that way. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man, I love that. We could talk about this, that movie. It was <laughs> yeah. long. So, yes, uh, I'll let it loose. We we are doing a great kind of Nathan commemorative uh, <laughs> yeah, list on, uh, on the great Robin Williams, man. Every uh, day, week that goes by, we miss Robin more because uh, he, he was part of everyone's youth. So we're going to do a whole – I think we're going to do 12 movie retrospective on him, some some of the rare ones, some of his well-known <laughs> ones, and it'll be real exciting. And I think we after that, I think, is our time travel one, which mm-hmm. is going to be really exciting. Hell, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. You know, I've already done it. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I learned, though? Robin Williams' stand-up is exhausting. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just him – Listen to him do an hour of his thing. Yeah. yeah. 
you're exhausted for him. Yeah. <laughs> it is pretty crazy. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll talk a lot more of Robin Williams next week with everyone. So, hopefully, Sweet. you'll tune in. If you want to get a hold of us, you can get a hold of us on uh, at Dubry Podcast on Twitter, Facebook. We're at Fascinated with Films. Uh, you want to get a hold of us through email, fascinatedwithfilms at gmail.com. We will uh, get back to you as soon as possible. And uh, we will be back next Saturday with an exciting new uh, episode. Woohoo! Yeah. So until next time, see ya. Peace. Bye. But as for the rest, it's nothing but a sick fantasy. Mm-hmm.